0: Seconds. Alright. Three, two, one. All right. And welcome back to another episode of this week. Uh today I've got Kirvin with me if you'd like to introduce yourself, uh anyone listening or watching.
1: Hey guys, uh, it's Kirvin, uh over from the US. Want getting some good talk in with Hugo here.
0: <laughs> awesome. So like as you had said to me when like uh you reached out, it's fifteen years in army intelligence, twenty in government intelligence. So you've, you've, you've spent a lot of time uh, within the intelligence industry. And I, I saw and listened to um, your podcast with uh, Mike Baker.
1: Yeah, Mike Baker. Uh, oh, wonderful, wonderful dude. Uh, I, have former to, CIA. I, I have to
0: ask how, how, how that came around. Like, do you know him personally or is it just like a...
1: <laughs> so we, we started the podcast last October, which is, uh, I mean, it fits, I think, the same... It fits the same name with you guys because we are This Week Explained, where you are this week. Um, but we try to do all of the, the geopolitical events of the week that happen, and we try to explain everything. Well, with that, I kind of wanted to do, and it was sort of a selfish thing for me because I, I, I've seen a lot of these people uh, Gary Nessner from the FBI. Uh, if, you, if anybody's ever seen the Waco series that was out on Netflix, um, it's based off of his book where he was the negotiator for, uh, for Waco, which was – for you guys who don't know, that was uh, – Waco is a city in Texas. It had been um, – there was a cult that was living there. It was called the Branch Davidians, run by David Koresh, and they were put on the government's watch list as someone who could be violent extremists. And so uh, the FBI started to track that, and he was the lead negotiator. On that, and he's a, he's one of the top FBI negotiators of all time, and so it was kind of this thing where, hey, I want to talk to these people, but no one's going to just talk to me just because uh, I'm an intelligence analyst somewhere or just this random guy. So I'm going to start doing this this interview series for the podcast, and I reached out to Gary, and he said yes. And and by dumb luck, I reached out to Mike Baker on LinkedIn message. Um, and I just said, hey, it's okay if you don't want to, but this is what I'm thinking of doing. And he came back and said, I'd love to do it, sure. And that's just how it was. So anybody looking to, you know, talk to these people that you respect and want to talk to, uh, get a podcast. That's how you do it, I guess.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, this—that's the whole point of mine, you know. I just—I—I just i, I just want to i want to get to a level where I can have Joe Rogan on.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. See, every thought is like, man, I want to be at the level where I go on rogan or any one of these these great podcasts that these people have put through and and then you're seeing it i love your mindset there i want rogan on my podcast
0: well you know i mean i can talk to him i reckon i reckon like what i do is i'll cut a deal with him if i ever get the chance and i i I go with you come to the uk we do a podcast together and then uh you can i'll come out to the us and we'll do a podcast together and it's like on mine it'll suck because you got to be sober as fuck uh, and then on yours, <laughs> it'll be funny as hell because we'll both be baked beyond all belief because it's legal out there. It's incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's an interesting thing because uh, it's done – so in the U.S. we have states' rights. Um, each state gets, can make their own laws. Sometimes the federal government will overstate and they will make – supersede the state laws. Um, well, what we're, we're doing – what is being seen now is states are superseding federal law. Uh, Colorado really was – they were kind of the guinea pig, guinea pig for marijuana. Um, they said, hey, we're going to make it legal, and you can buy it here. If you step out of Colorado, the federal government can take it, whatever. Um, even in Colorado, if, if there's a DEA agent that you see and you pass by him and you've got some weed on you, he could ostensibly take it and and – you wouldn't have it anymore. They can and still so do that. Colorado, now, can't they? <laughs> the they DEA? still can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they can do that uh, right now. But what we're seeing now, so the, so Colorado started it, and then all the states saw what Colorado did and said, "Oh, this is pretty good." Now, when Colorado did it, the thought was, "Well, they can tax it, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to get all of this, all this revenue from the, the weed sales from tax." I haven't really seen that happening. But I will say it's been very successful in these states. Um, Weed is no longer in the U.S. looked on like it used to be, where it was kind of this thing that changed your mind. And and we had in the 80s, we had these made-for-TV movies where it was like weed made you demented and you out and killed people and stuff like that. And and now it's kind of just seen as for what it is. You you smoke weed and then you're like, well, I'm kind of goofy and, and kind of high and I just want to chill out.
0: Maybe We're like the al- cheese.
1: <laughs> for alcohol, right? Like if if I get some bourbon or whiskey, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's not going to be lay down and be chill. If I'm out in public, it's probably going to be do something stupid. Uh, loud, maybe not violent. Uh, like oh, be definitely loud. loud. Be,
0: be obnoxious, you know, piss off everyone in the like nearest 200 feet to you.
1: Like exactly. everyone
0: does when they get drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> then you've got marijuana where so somebody's being loud and you're just like, chill out dude what are you doing <laughs>
0: take a hit it'll be fun <laughs> yeah see I, I i i always talk with americans and say i find it incredible because you have such a, a mental way of dealing with alcohol in like so many ways and i find it entertaining as well because of obviously how your gun rights work and like i always say to them <laughs> i find it funny that you decided walmart can sell like a semi-automatic but walmart can't sell you a bottle of vodka you have to go to a separate store called a liquor store for all of that. And like, you thought that was too inappropriate in a supermarket. But you're like, but, but the AK, no problem. Like, now, that is
1: also something that's <laughs> different with, with states and their states' rights. Because you know, I grew up in Louisiana. I was, oh, about, I was a three-hour drive. Grew up three hours from New Orleans. Um, we don't have liquor stores you can get liquor from the gas station you can go get uh you know a big bottle of vodka or some bourbon or something from anywhere
0: oh, that's that's so that's well, the and... i'd feel most comfortable in
1: yes you probably would <laughs> now i moved out to uh moved out to north carolina i was at fort bragg and the first day i was there now a I, I, sports guy that so was ready to watch our sunday american football not to be confused with uh, football but on you drink, get out some alcohol here out in North Carolina. And I must have looked like the biggest alcoholic this person had ever seen on a Sunday at 9 a.m. putting you know, two cases of beer, like I'm talking like 48 cans of beer on their conveyor belt to, to check out. And she was like, honey, right now. And I was Sorry. like, what are you talking about? Sorry, what was the what you, you, you just dropped that <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so like I said, I've, I've got 48 cans of just beer, like alcohol, 9 a.m. on a Sunday. And the lady's just like, honey, I cannot sell this to you. It's 9 a.m. And I was like, well, the game is starting. It's, like, going to start pretty soon. I need this alcohol. And it's like, am I alcoholic or is this just my Louisiana sensibility? that I can go at 3 a.m. and say, hey, yeah, I need I need some vodka over here. All right, here, have some.
0: See, we have, we have something kind of similar where in the UK you can't actually sell, like, alcohol products or you're not meant to sell them before. I want to say it's 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Like, that's like our, our but that's because we have obviously got, I assume the same way you guys must do it, is like we have on licenses and off licenses so off licenses are your shops that sell booze for you to consume off the premises on licenses bars and pubs that sell you pints so it's like that's how the off license kind of like works is you can't sell this until 10 o'clock because you know it would be wrong to feed someone's habit at 9 a.m when you open up the fucking door yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it makes a real difference if they start drinking at 9 or 10 like (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, and I think we're kind of in this era. So, uh, in the U.S., we're kind of in this era over the last ten years of this like brunch lifestyle. The mimosa, um,
0: the mimosa Monday type thing. Is ma- it?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like, and and so I'll say that the laws in North Carolina brunch, because these these restaurants were unable to sell anything until uh, it was noon or one. Noon or 1 p.m., I think, something like that. That's and they're like, look, we're losing so much money because every other state is having millions of dollars to get wasted on a Sunday morning so they can sleep until Monday. We need to do something about it. And, and so, so they, five years ago, they passed a law where it was called the brunch law. If you're a restaurant. If you have, with the license you were talking about, where you were licensed to sell it on the facility, or in the facility, on the premise, you can do that at 9 a.m. And, you know, groups do it in just droves. They just come out just to – I think it has everything to do with I don't want Monday to come. I'm, I'm just dreading that Monday. And so what am I going to do? Sunday morning, I'm starting to drink. I'm, I'm going to forget that I even exist for a few hours.
0: See, I I, I find it I find it weird because I feel like the whole like brunch mimosas thing is a really American kind of thing. because I don't feel like you find as many people who go. That's what I was wondering. A drinking brunch. But I find it really funny because it's like you guys are almost I want to say less tolerant of drinking in the sense that like you consider alcoholics people who probably have like two glasses of wine with their dinner and like in the uk if you have a bottle of wine a night we ain't calling you an alcoholic like (laughs) that's just that's just your nightly routine almost like i used to go to the pub every night with my friends and um, i dated someone from america and whilst we were together she um she came down to where i lived and she went to the pub with me like for two or three days she's like is this all you do and i'm like yeah and she's like that's a drinking problem and i'm like (laughs) no no i'm like it's like five or six drinks with the boys having a joke around it's all a good laugh we play some darts have a pool game you know what whatever maybe we go up to another pub for a few different drinks like it's just how you how you live whilst you guys are like no that's alcoholism right that's too much alcohol i'm like that is no alcohol like wait until saturday night and then you'll see what (laughs) what What we consume is alcohol (laughs) like people go for we 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 call it pre-drinks or pranks like yep. where you drink before you go out and like um I, i've i've done it where like i'll have like a bottle of vodka nearly to myself before i'm even out on the town because it's like i can drink so it's fine
1: <laughs> you're, you're british you can drink oh, with the best dif- of them oh we're, yes we're definitely built different the irish are built different um no you you bring up a good point because it is i mean i've noticed it before having traveled all through europe and and i Kind of like try to assimilate so yeah you'll see me at the pub if I'm in the UK every night have I'm not doing that um and it is I think it's some so you can't even purchase alcohol unless you're 21 you're not supposed to drink alcohol unless you're 21 uh and then there are other laws that that say if your parents there or they give you the ability to you can you can do that at an earlier age but in the you know the UK, my we went out to a wedding in the UK a few years ago. and My kids were yeah, the oldest was like four years old, and they were like, "Do you want a did you glass say, of did wine?" You say
0: four years old, sorry.
1: No, no, fourteen or fifteen. Fourteen. Years oh, I was yeah. just
0: gonna say the thing is though, if you want to know, our laws are really fucking crazy on this. So the way it works, obviously, eighteen, buy whatever you want, drink whatever you yeah. want, that's fine. Sixteen-year-olds are allowed to have. A drink in a pub served to them so long as they're with their parents and they're having a meal so you know you can have like a cider or a beer but then mm-hmm. the the craziest part is that it says that i think we say four years old is the youngest age that you're allowed to drink that's in your own home so long as one of the consenting adults is is you know pre- like present and okay with it but it's like I and a fair few of my friends have grown up where, like, my first drink was something like my mum. My mum told me, like, sixteen to seventeen months. My granddad just gave me a Budweiser.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's yeah, that's like awesome. We're we we're, we're a bit fucking nuts on what we think's okay to give kids and whatnot when it comes to booze.
1: Yeah, and I think it it us all into. Every, I think every individual is different. And I will say in the U.S., we do not consider the individual. We're just like, you're all going to do this because this is what we have deemed is the proper thing for you guys to do. And it's like, yeah, well, guess what? That 25-year-old over there cannot handle alcohol. You should probably take that ability away from from that person because they just, they can't handle it. And then you've got like a 16-year-old who, I'm not condoning this at all, but 16 year old who will get into their parents liquor cabinet have a few drinks and then they're they're fine or you have people that we have a term called a um a functioning alcoholic i don't know if you've heard yeah. of a functioning yeah, alcoholic
0: yeah that that's technically I, I went through a real bad period where i drank way too much and i would i i look back at it and I go the thing is i was like i'm an alcoholic but i was functioning I was like, I could yeah. drink. And then like, you know, the morning after I woke up, like I would sober still, and I would drive off to work and I could get on with everything else. And it's like probably over the limit hungover kind of thing, but like, so stone cold sober that you would never know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and I think this, a lot of this, cause I did that as well. Um, I, I was to the point where I was like, man, I work better after I've had some drinks. I find that, I'm actually more into the work and, and I can do better. And I, I I always thought that. And then I, years, so that was years ago. And I kind of figured out that stuff that you were doing in the Army and, and all those deployments you went on, that's what made you a functioning alcoholic. You were trying to forget everything there so that you could focus just on work. And alcohol helped you to do that. And so it kind of made it to where I had to come to grips with that in my mind. And now I can't do that anymore. Like I can't drink the way I used to. And that's probably getting older. I'm 38. I'll be 39 pretty soon. Um, and that might not seem old, but my body feels old. So. Oh no, I,
0: I, I, to be honest, I, I'm pretty sure I'm halfway to death already. And I'm only 25. Like I have so many health problems now. And I'm like, but I, I I've pretty much gone stone cold sober for nearly like, I want to say five years or something. Like I've pretty much not. Drank. That's awesome. Cause I'm just like, I'll go out for like a couple of drinks with the mates every so often, but it's one of those I'm like, I don't really like drinking. I'm like, alcohol's a waste of money, waste of time. I'm like, I, I was like, I, I realized that it, it wasn't a good thing for me. I was like, I wasn't the smartest person when it was in my life. So I ended up kind of stopping. And as I stopped, I was like, oh, uh, it's like, I feel old, decrepit, and weak. I'm like, pissed up me, could do anything. Because he didn't feel any of this aching pain that he was putting himself through. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's why, like, you'll see a lot of these entrepreneurship or leadership courses and stuff. And one of the things they'll say is stop drinking out of your time than anything else that you could be doing. Uh, that goes for, you know, marijuana use as well. And, and they're just talking like, no, you shouldn't be drinking at lunch and then going back to work and trying to be productive. It's not going yeah. to work out. Lose half of your day when, when you do stuff like that.
0: So, I mean, like you were saying, you you kind of used it almost as like your, your coping way in when you're out, like deployed, I'm assuming during your time, because it's been extensive, that would be like, were you out Iraq, Afghanistan? and?
1: Yep, I've done um, Iraq, Afghanistan. I've been out to Djibouti in Africa. Um, been out, I went to, to Yemen. Uh, I've been all over Africa, West Africa, um, you know, the Eastern Coast, which awesome places just like the culture that you get that you see and all these all this history that no one else knows about because no one tells them in in schools in the u.s i don't know about the uk but we don't get like a an african um history doing that kind of stuff
0: see i would say no i i, I was talking to someone who was a teacher about the, the whole history thing because if i find it quite weird because it feels like americans geography and history seems like the weakest subjects that you find with with a lot of like at least younger americans it seems from what i've seen and i i wonder what the hell goes on i'm like you guys teach like fucking calculus to them at 14 thinking they need that shit but you're not teaching them how to read a map like they can't point out their own country or they can't point out mexico or they and it's things like you know and everyone goes well africa's a country and it's like it's a fucking continent it's a very different there's like a hundred countries over there, nearly. It's insanely big. Like, think about this for a second. It's like there's only one country. There's a country in a continent. That's Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't get it because to me, and I was uh, when I was in college, I was a history major. Um, that is the most fascinating stuff to me, and I'm talking about, you know, fourteen thousand years ago. You, you look at Göbekli Tepe, and they're they're excavating this site. Actual. You know, what they believe these are, are religious monuments. But why? That was 14,000 years ago. We thought humans were just hunter-gatherers, not caring about their place in the world. And you've got now these monoliths that go you know, feet in the air, and they're tons. They're, the, the weight of them are in tons. And it's like, how did they get them over there? Why did they do it? What was so awesome for, for them that they had to put these up in memory of that kind of stuff? It's just fascinating. History, how we got to where we are today, is super fascinating.
0: See, I've had a friend who recently, um, I say recently, it was probably two, three years ago now, she graduated university. She's uh, graduated as an archaeologist. And firstly, wow. that, that shocked me because I, I've known her for a long time. And when she told me she was actually going to uni to be an archaeologist, I was shocked because she was always a performing girl. Like, she was a West End, like, she she tried out for Les Mis and she made it quite far for, like, the main role, but lost out to just someone who was a bit more famous and a bit more uh, almost talented than her. But, like, she didn't feel bad about it. She was like, I, I know who I've lost out to. Like, I accept that... <laughs> i'm not quite her and when i heard her name i was like yeah i ain't i ain't getting this like <laughs> that's
1: but, a good mental state to have <laughs> yeah
0: but like she she but she went and um, has done archaeology and like i was saying to her i'm like i can't wait for her to start digging up like old places like that so i can talk to her about it because i'm like i find it incredible and it's like the fact that no one ever gives half a shit about it it's kind of like everyone goes to stonehenge and like i'm like w- but y- 90 percent, you probably don't care about what it was built for or like what it's about it's like you just kind of go well we know it's a a bit of a mystery as to how they did it and you're like we've got a good idea as to why they did it like people have figured out two stones naturally there (laughs) like looked at the sky in the right way so that on the solstice everything lined up and they were like shit we've got to build something to commemorate this 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 miracle on on land because you know people back then didn't understand that shit can occur naturally and it's it's just a natural phenomena and like they 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 thought they had to respect it a lot more than we do like let's go let's be honest you walk through the woods and see a stone that could be doing the same thing and you really need to take a piss you're probably pissing on the stone these days like no one cares that much
1: and so there is some of that where I, i can kind of like laugh at some of the stuff that some of these wild theories that people can come up with. Oh, uh, that must mean that aliens landed right here and they wanted to commemorate that date. And it's like, it's probably not that, but it can still, it doesn't have to be that to be fascinating. You, the, you We are, I guess, conditioned to believe that everyone before us is dumber than. Yeah. <laughs> so that these, these ancient people were just these stupid, people who they were they believed in all these fantasies and so they weren't as educated. But you the greatest philosophers came from ancient Greece. Uh, some of the, the best architecture came from ancient Egypt. And it's just people that did not have the technical means that we have today that built these objects or Thought about things that we don't even think about right now
0: well what was it it was like 20 i want to say it was like 2014 or something wasn't it where they like finally managed to prove essentially that leonardo da vinci knew more about the human body during the 1400s than we did in the 2000s and you sit yeah there and you go, and was... we thought these people were fucking stupid <laughs> this man drew I a think... book
1: <laughs> i believe to uh does the Nate Borgazzi is a comedian in the U.S. Uh, He's got some specials on Netflix, but he's got a podcast. And they were kind of talking about doctors and how medicine has moved through the years. And he kind of said he was like, I think I would much I'd be more convinced by a doctor from like the 1600s that I had something than the doctor I have right now telling me stuff because that doctor right now has he's. And it didn't call him dumb, but he was saying there's so much like technology that that doctor uses to formulate their opinion that they didn't have in the 1600s, and they were still keeping people alive. Yeah, they did all kinds of other stupid stuff.
0: Well, I but... re- I remember seeing something about they they would say I think it was like they had found like there have been like human remains or like some form of Homo sapien type. Creatures remains where, like the skulls, have bored out holes where they've blatantly had like someone drill. And it's like, but these are twenty five thousand year old skulls, and you're like, the people couldn't have been so fucking stupid if they knew how to drill into your head, not kill you, <laughs> cut yeah. part of your brain out, most likely, and then leave you good enough to walk another three thousand miles before death would occur. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, and just because they didn't get everything right does yeah. not mean that they didn't know the all these vast things and and for somebody that or for a group of people who didn't have the amount of technology to know as much as they did about about the universe and space the a lot of what we know right now about the universe is based off of what those people the galileos you know that kind of person figured out with just a telescope
0: it was, and it's like, it was how considered did...
1: like one of the biggest
0: inventions, really, for us, wasn't it? Because if we, we pretty much figured out we could curve glass, and we were like, shit, we can look at small stuff and big stuff.
1: Yes. <laughs> See yeah. See ships we, on the we...
0: horizon and whatnot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we went from thinking that we are this big, massive population of just the greatest universe, and, and everything revolves around the Earth, to understanding that we are the tiniest speck in this universe. And we're... Still learning things you know that each new uh each new telescope that comes out we find more and more and more stuff that just blows my mind the vastness of the universe
0: see i always i always um joke when they announce the new telescopes because obviously you you with your military background must i understand the relation of science and the army being probably the most the ar- essentially war and armies being the most valuable asset to science that could ever exist because, you know, you buy everything yeah. that's ever been developed nearly because there's a way of using it for war. And it was like uh, when they showed like the James Webb telescope, like and yep. it's showing all those photos. And everyone's was like, that's incredible. and It's like it's taken how long to get there? You're like, I promise you, the U.S. Army probably had one of them in space before that thing was finished. Cause yeah. I can imagine the army went with, we'll fund your one, but you build our one first. And we need something similar that can be a bit smaller to use in this situation. And you're like,
1: well, that, that is interesting. Cause I can tell you how that stuff works. Oh, um, and and here's how it How's works. It <laughs> so, uh, so the, as far as, and this is just for the U S. So if you get anybody from other countries, they go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. We don't do that in our country. I get that. Uh, it's probably not the way it works in every country, uh, but here in the U S. Um, we will put out uh, what is needed for the Department of Defense, for, for the military as a whole, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. And they'll say this is what they need for war, for the warfighter, to survive, to, to evade, whatever. And these companies will come through, and the government says, I'm going to pay you this much money. We have five or six companies that – Think that they can do it. Let's see what they got. And they all like compete against each other. And it, it, it can go down to like three companies. They have a competition between the three companies. One ultimately gets picked out. It did what it was supposed to do, and it fits with what they were trying to, to get after. So they fund that company. So the company builds it, and you, you know what the company does with that money? They fund their own research to improve what they just built so that they can give it to the civilian population that's smaller, better, uh, more advanced. And now they're making, they've gotten the money that's already funded from the government. So now they're getting paid from the civilian population for the same thing, but better. And so you'll get, you know, this is how the internet came about, you know, satellites being put up, all the, the the first satellites being put up were based off of Government contracts. Here's some money. Can you put that up there? NASA says, "Let's do it. Let's put it up there." And now you've got these civilian companies putting out tiny little satellites to do all kinds of things. That's how it works here. Um, so the civilian population actually, in a few years, get a better deal than the government gets, um, and, and they even have better technology. So when I go to my desk at work, it's I'm using. You know Windows XP and <laughs> that kind of stuff, and then I come home. I'm so still, like you the still pand-
0: running ninety eight here, whilst they're all running well, Vista.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and so like for the pandemic, we found out, hey, I'm home because everything I purchased better technology than you guys did in this agency, um, and, and so there's this kind of like misconception that every single person has. So you'll see. Uh, I guess what you guys call adverts and we have uh, commercials and stuff that run here in the U S we'll have a bunch of commercials that'll be like military grade technology. And me and other veterans will always laugh. Like I don't want military grade technology. I want like what the CEO is, is using. That's the kind of technology.
0: See, that's, that's, in, that's insane. Uh, that's, but that is incredible because I've never really looked into it for the UK, but then from from how i tend to see us we kind of just sit around and wait because with our with our relationship with america we don't have to do as much army stuff it's really it. kind of nice because we'll just get it we're best friends like you might have kicked us out once but for some reason we've been pretty chill ever since the burning of the president's house like we've never warred again we just kind of went with you know you tried encroaching on canada a little bit got told to piss off and we went with you know what we we're good right we're good let's all be friends you went and warred with spain and all that
1: friendships right yeah <laughs> you can go well yeah we beat you guys in in a war and it's like yeah but you know we're we're still friends, we're
2: still friends. Know, it's, it's
1: always like that that friend you're at the bar sitting around and that friend keeps reminding you yeah remember when i kicked your ass <laughs> the five years ago and you're like yeah why are you bringing that up, dude? It's like
0: no one cares anymore, dude. This, this, no, this no one cares, <laughs>
1: it, and I'll buy your beer for you. Here you go. <laughs> there
0: you go. Have have another. <laughs> yeah. But then, so I I have to I have to say as well. I was talking to someone, and I watch um I can't remember his name. I want to say his name's like Sam Eccleson or something. He's he's like a ex U S M Air Force. YouTuber he releases videos. Uh he did okay. he release like a video today I I was watching earlier about like one of the new helicopters that the uh the, the Americans are now getting with that back propeller, twin propellers on top and all that. And I was like goes two hundred mile like two hundred knots an hour or something like two hundred knots and I was like that's just unnatural in speed. Like <laughs> I was like, you don't you don't need it. <laughs> I, and then I was, and then I thought about the fact that there are Americans who go, with, "Well, I need my gun to protect myself from if the government tried to kill me." I'm like, "That fucking thing moves faster than a bullet." Now, boys, like you ain't you ain't protecting shit. <laughs> we're all done. yeah, but you
1: know, and I've seen this, and, and our own president has said, "Yeah, you don't. If your arsenal of guns, if you to push back against the U.S. government, you're dead wrong." You know, at one point he said you need nukes, and another point he said you need like you know. Uh, but we fought in these wars, and, and we we were basically kicked out of Afghanistan with people who had kind of technology. See, um, and I mean, with, it was basically AKs.
0: Withdrawal from Afghanistan, because like obviously it's a i'd say an older subject now we've got we've got other conflicts going on and i don't know what the hell's happening with afghanistan anymore because most people are kind of looking towards ukraine where there's shit occurring too close to home and too close to democracy um (laughs) but with with that withdrawal like i uh i i saw like um i don't know if you've seen him before tim kennedy like uh ex- yep i know tim yeah. well, i don't know
1: him personally but i know yeah. who you're talking about yeah but
0: like i saw him. i think it was him saying like he ended up having to go out there to try and grab some people and whatnot and like i saw that that withdrawal was quite a uh i want to say a sham in the end it was a bit of a, a bit of a falling apart kind of <laughs> yeah it, it was it was
1: a i think that uh, and, and i can say this i'm not in uniform anymore but i think it was it's a black eye on the US for multiple reasons, not just the fact that we just said, hey, we're and it doesn't matter who who here dies after that, we're leaving. Like first of all. Um, the other thing is that I really a lot of people who came out within the intelligence community who said, you know, well, we can get out of there and it's the Taliban's To retake Afghanistan, you know, it's going to have to be a democracy, and that was that was false. As we were gearing up to leave, the Taliban was already taking back large swaths of land, um, and they have complete control over that company now, or over that country now. They have, you know, they're they're ingratiated into the into the government there, and they are doing some atrocious thing to women. You know, something that we are supposed to be championing, championing is women in in the world and let's give women the right to do the things that everyone else can do and i'm i'm a very huge proponent of that and in some parts of afghanistan now they can't even go back to school they can't learn they can't have a job um and we left behind you know hundreds of interpreters who risked their lives for not their country Um, They they risked their lives for their community and for the people around them because they did not like what the Taliban did, and they wanted to push back, and they really didn't want al-Qaeda coming in and taking over. Um, And so they helped the U.S. government, not even being a U.S. citizen, and we didn't do anything for them. People like Tim Kennedy and go find people that were interpreters for them or people that gave them information to try to get them out. Um, and the way that it came about just seemed like it worked. they they just said hey this is the date we're going to get out and so hearing stories from people that were on the ground just going there was no plan I had to formulate the plan within a week to get us out and it's like how do you do that like how as, as a government do you say this is when we're going to do it um, whatever you do figure it out we don't care um, and I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm sure that they were having daily discussions on how they were going to do it, but the way that it happened was just terrible.
0: See that? <clears throat> it's not great, is it? <laughs> I no. mean i i i was quite shocked when america to be fair i was shocked when you left i thought pretty much you you guys would probably be there for for the rest of like time almost yeah just have that base
1: there right well it's
0: like when when it kind of happened i was like i'm not not gonna say like it's a good thing the taliban took over or anything by no means do i think that but it was one of those where i was like how well did did like the the guys from afghanistan who were fighting for it honestly fight or give a shit about it if if the taliban took it in like three days it's like how'd you get beaten by like 30 30 guys essentially in in ragged rags and whatnot and like a couple AKs?
1: yeah and these are these are guys that we trained
0: um, yeah
1: year in and year out to to defend their country and uh i am not going like crap on those guys and say they were they were the worst people no They did what they could do um, with what they had. They just did not have enough training. And and I know it was years, but we're talking about starting from scratch with an entire area. Um, And so it's going to take more than just a decade into what they should have been doing, which is uh, fighting back against the Taliban. And it was so bad that we had – I know of people – who at one point um, in armed conflict with the same people that in that moment in August on the phone and saying, "Hey, we need to uh, can you guys like push back a little bit so we can get people out of here?" These were these were people that were ready to kill each other, and now they're like, "Oh, I need to call this guy up and see if they'll off a of vehicle ID." <laughs> in this area and that's just crazy to me
0: see i i i mean i find it funny that america's like out there trying to instill democracy and whatnot a little bit and i'm like you guys have barely got it right so far you've only had 250 well, years and you guys keep rioting in every other week about something
1: here's, <laughs> uh, even the american audience because i don't think a lot of people maybe people do um but we're not even a democracy uh we're a constitutional republic uh, that is why the the person who gets the majority vote doesn't always win the presidency. you know it's it's based off of a of votes and you can have and we had it right with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Hillary got millions more votes than Donald Trump did and he won the presidency uh, because he, he put himself into what we call the flyover states, the states no one wants to go to because they're already going to vote a certain way, and and I think Hillary made a huge miscalculation in not trying to go to a place like Wisconsin and firm up those votes to to try to win the presidency, and it and it hurt her. And so it's we're not even a democracy, and we're trying to push that to other countries like.
0: It's like w- use a similar about, belief.
1: <laughs> yeah, get your shit together before you everybody else to get theirs
0: together see i mean i i will ask out of curiosity with with the whole trump hillary and then trump biden thing like what what would you say for for trump was he was he good was he was he bad like was he like president wise like everyone kind of shits on him but i I, i've i've kind of stood firm that i don't think he was the worst president you could have had
1: he is. I will. I'll go on record here. He is not. Sorry, guys. He's not the worst president the U.S. has ever had. Uh, yeah, I could show you more. That I trust and are very smart. Who would say there are about ten other presidents who are worse than Donald Trump? Donald Trump on the economy was very good. Um, COVID really like destroyed the economy. Uh, if if COVID doesn't happen. I think Donald Trump is reelected because the U S economy is so good that the, those people who are on the, on the sidelines go, I am going to to vote for this guy. Now uh, his personality, I do not like um, him as a person. I do not like, and he's just, I, I don't know. Tweet,
0: tweeting yeah. out half your declaration is pretty, pretty big balls. If you ask me, Like,
1: it's, he's, he's ballsy. And, and look, even the tweets, I don't even care. You know, there was the one tweet where it was like a wrestling... He body slams uh, CNN or something like that. Yeah. CNN. I thought well, that was hilarious. That's that's hilarious. That a sitting president at the time, he was a sitting president, would do that. That's going in the history books. Yeah. Like, how can, it, how can you not look back at that and go, okay, that was pretty funny. Um, but just, you know, some of... So this is uh, t- 2016, Donald Trump gets elected as president. And here is why – there are two reasons why he got elected as president. So this is how I see it. The the first thing was that uh, – the, so the U.S. media, as far as like CNN and the main one, CBS, ABC, were so far into the pocket for any – uh, anyone affiliated with the Democratic, and we had this, you know, McCain and Obama ran, and, and Obama won basically because, uh, you know, he was he was great, smart, educated, uh, knew what to say, and he knew all kinds of things about the economy and how to be a president. He was a diplomatic president, very much so. Now in 2012, he had had some missteps coming into that presidential election and uh, and the exact same things that are being said about Trump were said about Mitt Romney a the the whitest mormon like guy you would ever meet he didn't say he was he donated like a lot of the stuff that he had a lot of his finances or all donations and stuff like that and the media just kept calling him a racist a bigot hates women. Uh, He killed his dog. He threw grandma off the cliff. And I think people started when Donald Trump, who was a reality TV star, you know, he he was always with celebrities. He was always doing all this kind of stuff. And and the media said the exact same things about him. And uh, there was a group of people who just said, wait, I don't believe you anymore. So I'm going to see how this plays out. I'm going to vote for this guy. And they vote the election, and I think he did exactly what people, some people wanted him to do, which was just to destroy Washington D.C. I
0: th- I thought they voted him because he was going to find everyone... all the pedophiles.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> he didn't do that. That's for sure. <laughs> he he was supposed to take down. What they call it take down the swamp? He was supposed to just get rid of all the people. What? What I found that he actually did was instead of removing the swamp, he just put new people into the swamp, and it was all his people. Yeah. Long tale of a story of what I feel about Donald Trump. No, I don't like the guy. If anybody wants to know, I didn't vote for the guy either time. Um, I was in New York when he got elected in 2016, uh, walked over to Trump Tower. Actually, Giuliani walked in as we were there just having some drinks in Trump Tower. The media just amassed outside, waiting for him to come down the stairs. And we're just having drinks, and, and everybody's like, "Well, this is where we're at." You know, at that point, no one was saying—I mean, people were saying it—but the people that were there, that we were talking to, who about 70% were Hillary voters, they weren't like, "This is the worst thing that's ever happened." They just said, "All right, let's see how this plays out. Let's see what he does." Um, and, and he wanted to to take down. Washington, D.C., that's what he said he was going to do. I, I also think that the U.S. has lost credibility because of him in a lot of things. And this, I say this because I've traveled during his presidency uh, and say, hey, where are you from? And I'm, I'm American. They go, oh, Trump. Okay. And they kind of turn around. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And that was my first vision of that kind of process where before that, out and a lot of people are just like that is so awesome you know that that this guy was able to ascend to presidency you know from his background of, of where he came from true um and then this the the complete 180 of oh you're american you know i was in uh let's see where i was in belgium and uh, walking around and this uh, this and the guy's like you're american and my, all my family were there and I was like, yeah. And he goes, you don't look American. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Well, I just thought all Americans were like fat, lazy slobs. And so, so when you said you're American, I thought he's lying. He's actually Canadian. Um, and I'm out of the Trump presidency for better or worse.
0: I thought he was lying. He was too skinny to be an American. He had to, he had to be Canadian.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd, listen, that happens. That happens a lot. Uh, not a lot i I shouldn't say a lot i shouldn't try to (laughs) put out there that everybody's like that um but i do see it in traveling so i'm only using things that i know personally that have been said to me
0: see i would i would say you guys in the uk you've always had we've always had a bit of an interesting way of looking at you like you make good tv shows and good movies sure like we we ain't gonna deny that. Like you you, you make some cracking cracking stuff. The only things that you do wrong usually is remake our stuff. Like yeah, yeah. We can we can we can all say, you know, the US office is 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 good. Like, you know, it's it's funny, it, it did very well. Uh it's not the same as the UK office, but who cares? But like, um I don't know if you ever watched it, but the US remade a show called The In Between Us. <clears throat>
1: i have seen the british in betweeners which is awesome yeah i have not seen the american version no.
0: i sat through the first the the the, the only season of the american in betweeners <laughs> and i honestly felt like comedy died that day that i sat through oh. it because it was just it was awful and it was one of those where, like, we've—I've seen it with a lot of English TV shows where we usually go, and, like, "Look, like, you guys got to leave that shit. Like, you don't, you don't do our humor right. You, you're not exactly. willing to, you're not willing to draw it out. You're not willing to be as like weirdly offensive, like you know."
1: <laughs> but you know, the the UK, in my in my opinion, again, I'm just going to put out a bunch of opinions today. Uh, the UK has some of the most iconic shows of all time. You don't get any more iconic than Doctor Who.
0: I mean, yeah, we have got we have got Doctor Who is... How long has that gone, though? That's gone quite a long time. It had a long a long pause for a while. It had that break,
1: but, yep. But, you know, um, it
0: came back and it, it still hit. Like, I, I, I quite enjoyed Doctor Who growing up, and I, I stepped away from it once they changed Doctors, like for Peter Capaldi, I think. I was kind of falling off of interest with it. Okay. But apparently, like, Do you have a favorite America, doctor. America, it, it did really well. And... Yeah, Fav- it
1: continues to. Favorite, in, at least in the U.S.
0: Favorite Doctor, like, I, 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 always used to be like David Tennant or Matt Smith, like they were. Yeah. David Tennant was probably my favorite Doctor, and then Matt Smith was like my second, and like you know, Christopher Eccleston was my third, and then I was kind of like Peter Capaldi, and I can't remember the woman who followed. Uh, Jodie Whittaker. I think Jodie Whittaker. Like, yeah. yeah. Like.
1: Which, which I think Jodie Whitaker is a fantastic actor, and I thinks that doctor the the showrunners for doctor who did her dirty i think
0: they, i think she I, I i think she got done in a bit unfairly because i did too, i did too. everyone everyone kicked off at her for being the doctor in the first place and it's like everyone's like the doctor can't be a woman and it's like I'm, I'm quite a nerdy kid i quite enjoyed the show and i'm like there's literally like an episode where the doctor says well there was the, like we, uh, it's a distress signal from my friend He's been a girl a couple like he was a woman a couple times we made out once and it's yeah. like he's made the point that there is like no gender yeah. spectrum for these people they don't give a shit so it's
1: like yeah, and and she, man she's such a great actress
0: but I also I heard, heard now that she's like we're gonna have a new doctor possibly, and it's an actor from Sex Education, which is like a British Netflixy type show, yep. I think. And like, it's the I can't remember his name. It's the m- main character, uh, the main like the only I think he's the only black guy in it anyway. But like, it's the young black guy who stars in it. Apparently, it, he's going to be the yep, next I... actor
1: i forgot his name as it's well but it's um, completely dropped my
0: mind now but it was like I, I saw that and i was like no one's gonna kick off about this are they no one's gonna be like the doctor can't be black because <laughs> like that would be fucking terrible And it's like so if you're not gonna cry about this if you essentially just want the doctor to stay a straight white male right we've got to start acting a bit racist now to to, to keep yeah. this yeah <laughs> yeah you can't
1: you can't go with that i mean it's like I said, a Doctor Who's so iconic. But that's what's so great about the Doctor is that it could be anything. If he could come back as a dog. Now that would probably not be great, a great episode. But he could come back as say, I'd, or I'd he could prob- come back watch as a that, dog. That episode? <laughs> At least if, if it was just one episode. But man, Matt Smith, Matt Smith, that guy can act.
0: I've he seen is, he's, he's in he's a few things now as well. Like
1: oh, him uh, and I didn't watch The Crown my wife watched the crown but i have saw the episodes with him in it fantastic in it uh watched he it. is in now the house of the dragon
0: yeah and that's what he's in isn't it
1: yeah i wall for that man no matter how evil he, seems.
0: he is I, I quite i quite like it i will say i think a big thing for uh for us is just like humor in the uk is a lot a lot more different but like We're a lot more offensive to one another for a joke. I was explaining this to someone a while back. It's like the way that you view the C word is like very, very different to us. Yeah. Cause like I call my best friends cunts. Like that's just, that's how we talk. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) And like, that's how, that's how we want to talk to one another. And like, it's just, and it's like, I, I think, like, a lot of us say, like it's almost like a term of endearment. Like, if I'm calling you that, i probably like you. But it's because, yeah. like, the whole bottle of water, we drop our teas a lot. So it's like, when we call you a cunt, it, it, like, we don't even have the tea on the end. So it's like, it's yeah. such a soft, <laughs> playful word that, like, I've always said, you know when you've pissed someone off and they hate you a bit. Because, like I said, that's when the tea starts coming through. So like we become hey, more yeah. like eloquent as <laughs> the angrier we get. Like we want you to really know. Like we're putting the effort into fucking yelling at you now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all in. It's all in how you say something. I've noticed that a lot. It's like it seems you you hear the words and you're like, man, does this guy hate me? It's like no, he's actually. You heard the way he said it. You you're like his best friend, best buds. <laughs> so. Something that I love, Ted Lasso, the show. Uh, I think it is an incredible show. I don't know if you've seen it.
0: Um, um, I don't think I've seen it, but I think I know which one. It's the is it the TV show about like the guy who comes to England to like yep. manage one of the clubs.
1: Yeah, and I, I it's so it's Jason Sudeikis. He he did this character in like 2012, where he was a um, he was an American trying to talk about you know, football, trying to talk about British football, but all he he knew was American football. (laughs) And so he just screwed everything up. And it was just this funny bit that he did one time for when the English Premier League was going to be viewed on NBC. They just signed a contract. And they created a whole show out of this. And I think it's kind of bridging uh, what is UK humor versus American humor. And this guy just, this, I mean – people would say dumb American, Southern American, former college football coach that comes out here and he's trying to learn these British, So you know, they call him a wanker and he's like, so, so does that mean I'm a good thing or is that a bad thing? He just goes through this whole process and I kind of think that it's kind of bridging this divide between the U.S. and U.K. Humor, sensibilities, those kind of things and it's like, once you learn it, it's really funny. I, I'm a huge fan of british humor i i love all i grew up a lot on on the british humor um what is it i can't think of it now but there was the one show in the future and they did all kinds of like funny things there, there wasn't um oh, i can't
0: think of it now <laughs> Man. i think i know what show you're but... on about i can't think of it now um. Oh, it's gonna annoy me.
1: <laughs> I I think it was basic Doctor Who in a funny way, on like a, traveling through space and time and that kind of stuff. And I was like seven or eight years old watching it, and I probably didn't understand anything, but I loved it. Um, and I think it really sort of got in me into enjoying uh British humor, where now I can watch a lot of stuff. Like I really love um. There was a show called Love Sick. that was called Something Else. Um, before the British show, the guy gets gonorrhea and he's got to go tell all the women he's had sex with since he had had gonorrhea that they may need to go check. And it goes through this.
2: That just sounds like, funny as fuck.
1: <laughs> that is the most awkward thing you could ever think of. And they, they make a comedy out of it. It's I, I so will say, funny. It's so the, the, great. I,
0: I, think, I think we. I've, I've i've always thought that in england i think part of it just comes from the mentality that you're kind of born and raised without here which is that <clears throat> it's almost similar to like the second world war mentality that 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 we had as a nation the whole like keep calm carry on and like yep. if you've got to deal with so much shit you might as well make a joke of it kind of and like that's almost like how our nation survives everything is just like if something goes wrong, the first thing you're going to do. Me and my friend were on the phone for like he phoned me up. He's borrowed a cement mixer of mine. He needed me to come collect it. Now he's done with it, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, sure." Before we could even finish sorting that out, we got distracted by the Queen's passing. And currently, I don't know if you know this, but currently there is a queue. It's twenty four hours worth of waiting yeah, I saw, to go. I, to I the saw David coffin. Beckham
1: sat in that line yeah. of all people
0: yeah well there there was a funny thing of like um one there's a video of well king charles uh though i don't really want him to be king and like prince william walking down that line speaking to people with like no security in sight and like everyone's like that's the most british thing you can imagine you're like how the (laughs) fuck can the king of england walk down the streets of london and not be surrounded by 20 guys with guns and it's like he's got security nearby but you could stab him from that distance. Like you could easily just stab the king of England if you wanted to. <clears throat> but we're almost like a nation of well, we're not going to do that. We're not going. We're right. not going to hurt the king. Like that's that's treason, and you can't. Like we still somehow have all these extremely old values embedded in us, and all the old ways of dealing with it, which I think is why like we make like tragedy humor. Like we make jokes of everything, and like I think it's part of the thing of like. Americans really don't seem to like Ricky Gervais and it boggles me that you can't like a yeah. man who's just that funny and it's people like oh, he uses crass language you're like yeah it's funny and he's like yeah. and he says these horrible things it's like well maybe if all these people in Hollywood weren't pedophiles we we wouldn't be joking about it so much but so many of them like literally he'll make a joke about Leonardo DiCaprio dating another girl who's under 25 and throwing the last one out the second she hit it and it's like people be like that's an unnecessary joke. And you're like, we've all been talking about it the last six months. I don't get how him saying it to Leo is offensive, but us saying it essentially behind his back is fine.
1: So that's, I think that's something of a, of a American type of thing where we were like, we'll say anything about somebody behind their back. But if somebody starts saying it to their face, like, well, calm down, guys. Let's. They go, well, it was just a joke. We don't joke like that. And then they'll be like, yeah, well, you want me to tell them what you were saying like 10 minutes ago before they showed up? We could get into that conversation.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, we don't like as much conflict as we get into in wars. Per, on a personal level, we don't like conflict. <laughs>
0: yeah, see, because do you guys, I know you get like bar fights, obviously, quite commonly, but like, yeah. <clears throat> I feel like watching a lot of American movies, TV shows, if, like, you guys ever go to a bar or anything and like that, like, you don't tend to show a lot of, like, uh, what's it, like, discourse, like, problems occurring. And it, it feels like, in like, I've spoken to my friends, it feels like you probably don't have as many bar fights break out and, or, like, you know, just scraps break out in and outside of pubs and clubs. And it's, like, in the UK, every time I've gone out, I've probably been, like smacked out the way three or four times in the night by bouncers going to deal with rowdy English lads who have gotten a little too drunk. One has said something maybe offensive to the other and they've gone with, all right, that's it, I'm going to fucking hit him.
1: Yeah, I think that... So I can tell you that every night that probably happens in the US where somebody just has had too much stuff to... A group of people, you know, uh, a nice young lady over on the other side of the pub, they'll say something crass or something like that. And a lot of times what you'll see in the U.S., and this isn't all the time, but um, as far as places that I've been at, their sort of friend group kind of pulls them away from it. If they don't have that friend group, then you will see them getting, getting into fights. Um, I, I don't know what the personality or what the type is on that because coming from – like I was at Fort Bragg. That's where, uh, where the Army Special Operations Forces are and things like that. So they have – and they've got the Rangers there. They've got the 82nd Airborne. These are like elite tip-of-the-spear kind of Army uh, guys, and those guys will actually go out to bars and try to pick fights with each other you know and it's like you're bigger you know you think you're bigger than me or you're better than me i'm going to have a fight at this bar to to the point where where they put limits to what bars people can go to just based off of you like the actual military unit this is the 80, 82nd 80 airborne they are not they are told by their command they are not allowed in this bar because that's all that they want to do is go there and fight that's... american is like no no to conflict no i'm i'm going to be the most, um, you know, quietly, I'll think I'm everybody in here, but I'm not going to engage in that. Uh. See,
0: yeah, like you're like when you said, like, you know, like someone from the group will like walk them away, be like, Come on, buddy, let's 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 have a chat real quick and try to avoid it. I'm like, Nah, if someone chatted shit to me and I was with five of my friends, it'd be like, Just smack him, let's smack him, yeah. fucking hit him, hit him, and if he hits you back, we all jump in, all right We all get in, and if he's got 10 mates and like. They will actively, like, look for, like, they're fine with it. One of my older brothers uh, became a PCSO and the whole reason the idea even came to his head was he was like, how do I legally get into fights with drunk people on a Saturday night? He was like, <laughs> "With without really any repercussions. And it was one of those where it's like, I think my dad said, well, if you become a police officer, you have to deal with all of them, which means you can kind of throw them around a bit more. And he's like, you can deal with them and it's satisfying, I'm sure. And he did. He went and became a PCSO and... He got commendations for his work whilst he was doing that and all that kind of stuff, which... Um, it, do you know what PCSOs are?
1: I don't, no.
0: Uh So I don't know if you have them in, in like, America. They're, like, um, community support officers. They're, like... They're essentially people who don't have the equivalent power of the police but are kind of there to keep the peace and then if they come under... Like, if they find a problem, boom problem here okay the actual so that's, that's kind of
1: like security guards i would i would think yeah know,
0: some... yeah but obviously ours are publicly funded by the people and well they they actually no, that's a lie sorry the pcsos are volunteers for the police force so they don't get paid okay and then there's yeah something... Whereas
1: the the security guards are paid for by yeah. whatever business wants to pay for those
0: yeah and then well we have that and then we have something called a special constable which what is what one of my older brothers became which is essentially he has the equivalent uh, equivalent power to the police but he's not a police officer because he's not on pay. This is voluntary but he's done all the correct training to be able to like actually make an arrest and do all that kind of stuff where like PCSOs are more detain them and you're allowed to talk to them but like the police officer is a guy who gets to go, cool, you're under arrest for breaching the peace blah 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 and all, That's very all interesting rights. to me because
1: I don't know that, uh, I don't know anyone in the U S who would volunteer. Like we have volunteer firefighters, you know, people just volunteer their time to go out and, and do something that helps people put out fires and things like that. But as far as like a security guard or, or, or something that you're talking about where you have the equivalent power of a police officer, uh, but you're volunteer and, and you do these certain kind of things. I don't know. I honestly don't know anyone in the U S who does that or who would do it.
0: I mean, to be fair i would be scared to do it out there with your like you guys have a lot more high risk kind of situations as the police like the likelihood is if i was doing it the worst kind of like the most violent thing that's going to happen to me is maybe someone smacks me the most likely thing to happen to me is like maybe some 15 year old little road man decides to like call me some sort of names And insult my mother like you know like it's there there's no like you have the occasional like guys with knives up in london and a few bits like that but for the most part it's like our crime is our crime isn't like you know i can't shoot you from 10 yards away and then run away
1: (laughs) i mean you you go into a place like going to a state like texas in the us and there are guns everywhere <laughs> yeah
2: i've
0: i've I, I when i when i went out to america i actually fired some guns i fired like an ak i think i fired an mp5 and uh an m16 i fired an old uh, british enfield sniper rifle as well like this is one of my friends his dad had all these guns he was like i'll take you to a range you can give them all a go and he's i like, see what you think and from that moment i i was typical british person before this where it's like i used to kind of be like more you don't need guns like that's fucking stupid Uh, i I started firing them and i was like you need to be allowed to have these they are so fucking fun (laughs) i'm like i know that people do bad things over in like shopping centers and schools but i'm like when you go to a range with one of them like they are fucking awesome
1: (laughs) so they are incredibly powerful pieces of equipment um, and so I've said that I'm from, I was born and raised in Louisiana. And when I was going through school, we had what was called hunter's education. This is something that our school hated us hunter's on education. hunting. Yes. Uh, and the main goal of this hunter's education was to hand kids guns and teach them how to properly use it. And we went through all the safety courses, but I remember being in a classroom and there's a shotgun there is, you know, a rifle. There's the uh, there. There's an AK. There's an AR-15. And you hold these things, and until you are trained on the equipment, you have no idea the the amount of the amount of power that they have, or the amount of damage that they can do. And so when we talk about this, like the gun debate and should we get rid of all weapons yeah if there was no evil in the world get rid of all of them you don't really need them they're just fun you know they're they're fun to to shoot yeah you can hunt with them and if you're using that to kill an animal and use all of its meat and all of its skin and everything then that's a wonderful thing you know if you don't ever have to go to the grocery store and give money to someone else because you're doing it on your own i think that is very beneficial to society uh it's beneficial to your family
0: I, I think it's but... incredible that Americans can do it so much easier than you can. in the like, It's not, I don't think it's so easy. Like if I wanted to go hunting, I have to like, it's first it's hard to find somewhere to just go hunting. And then like we have protected animals, so you can't go just mm-hmm. shooting certain things anyway. And like, you know, you have to, I don't know about you guys, but it's like in the UK, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like we have to kind of go clean shot to the head. Like that's, okay. if you're, if you're hunting, anything rabbit squirrel fucking doesn't matter you want a clean shot to the head and it's like that's because if you say shot an animal and there were seven bullet holes in its chest and back legs and all that and not one in the head and someone was to come across you i think you can get prosecuted for it because it's cruelty still to the animal like you have the capability to kill it kill it right kind of thing but it's like there aren't so many animals anyway that I could probably go hunting that easily. And I'm vegetarian anyway, so I don't eat meat, but okay. like I, I have friends who used to do like hunting, but they used to use um like the little air rifles, like breaker barrel type ones or gas ones and like steel tipped two, two pellets and things like that, which like you get a clean shot on a squirrel. No problem. I went with them once to do it. It's, it's fun. Like, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's one of those where it's like, I find it incredible. So... That you guys can even do that so much easier out there.
1: We don't have, that, I've, that I'm that i aware of, and I haven't, you know, last time I went hunting, it was like maybe 25 years ago, just as a kid with parents. And, you know, those are some of the bonding things you do with your dad or uncles and stuff like that. But as far as I know, there's no law you have to shoot them in this way. Now, as a, as a hunt, if you're hunting and you're hunting for the food, which is what you should be hunting for, I I really don't agree with just going out there and just killing a whole bunch of of animals unless they're very you know pervasive in a region you know like in texas they have some of the wild boars they'll go i was gonna
0: gonna say i mean unless it's the wild pig problem that you guys have got right because surely then like i i i heard that you had it and i was like fuck it just nuke wherever they are say sorry to the people and be like nuke it
1: (laughs) and they they do have those kind of things and and those animals do destroy a lot of property and stuff like that but if you're actually hunting because you want to eat the meat of that animal you need to kill it quickly um, you don't need to so you, you've got to be accurate if you miss and it starts to bleed out and, and it starts to get to be fearful for its upcoming death you know it gets into the meat and it makes it what's very gamey you don't want that so you see a lot of like the bow hunters and stuff go straight for the heart and they want to hit it so you hit a deer right in the heart see, because you want it you to immediately bow hunting go this country what's that
0: i don't think we're allowed to even use bow hunting i know crossbows are definitely a hell no of the subject but i'm pretty sure we're not allowed to hunt with bows out here
2: wow yeah so that's consider
0: that too cruel because you know if you you hit the wrong place that's not fair to the animal just fuck it (laughs) we're kind of like kill it quickly and get it get it gone kind of thing
1: and i do think that uh especially americans and and sort of that very what we call redneck southern hunting mentality is kind of false when you see it in movies or or read in books and stuff a lot of the guys and, and a lot of guys that i know that even i consider very backward thinking and and not you know they don't they're not the smartest people they don't have all of the best intentions they will not they're not the kind of guy that's like i just want to shoot this you know, this mountain lion or this deer or this bear just to shoot it. I just want to kill something. It's not a, the mentality of a lot of people, it's especially not the mentality of hunters who hunt for their own food because it is for the meat. Um, and it's very disrespectful to the animal, I believe.
0: See, I'm, I'm, I used to be of the mind that I wasn't a big fan of hunting. So we have like fox hunting in the UK, Yeah, which like, It's been banned. It's been unbanned. It it, it kind of comes and goes, and it's because, like, I'm I'm kind of of the mindset that really I don't think we need to hunt them. We kind of fucked up their homes for them, so it's kind of like people really dislike seagulls. In in, and like, I live by the coast. So we get a lot of them, and like everyone's like, "Oh, fucking seagulls!" I'm like, "Well, we did invade where they used to live. And yeah. We kind of... T- I'm like, if if this is the byproduct of our fucking arrogance, I'm like, this might be our fault. Maybe we should sit there and accept them a bit. Like they're annoying, they're loud, but fuck it, we fucked up. Like we should have stayed off the beaches. It's not like we need to be in the water." so <laughs> yeah we
1: we're the invasive population
0: like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm not one of those big anti-human people but i'm one of those who's like no i'm realistic i'm like i know what we've done as yeah. people and i'd like to just say we can't it's like i i got into it with someone i'd be interesting to hear where where you stand on it as an american because i was talking to a fellow british person about this and uh they they claimed like russian propaganda was coming out of my mouth um because i'm not pro-russia i don't I don't really give a shit uh, in the nicest way about that country. It's not my country. I don't want them to do anything that will affect my life. I want Russia to operate however Russia feels it best operates and all that kind of stuff. But I was talking to them about the current conflict and I said that I don't I don't personally say Russia is solely responsible for this conflict. I'm like I can't I've said I feel like if you if you think about it it's all I went to say that this is all on Russia I went is kind of kind of wrong. <laughs> I was like, just because I was like, you look through the history. And firstly, I was like, the USSR, we, we, we all took part in destroying the shit out of that. It was like, in the 90s, it, it all collapsed. It went wrong. And here we are, 13, 14 new countries that haven't governed themselves before, never existed until this moment. And they have just gone through one hell of a uh, history when you think about it. I'm like, and Russia's really proud and a really like, we are strong nation. Which I think a lot of people tend to forget, like because we all like to mock the whole Putin riding a horse shirtless, and that when like the ice bucket challenge was a thing and he did it and he just jumped straight into the to, to like to the Arctic Ocean or whatever it was, right? And like I was saying to them that I'm like you gotta remember the reason that man has like an eighty six percent approval rating, I was like the highest in the world, and I'm like and the reason that everyone loves him out there and all that is like it's because he, he embodies what Russia is for them like big strong powerful not gonna get pushed around and i was like and then you look at the fact it's like gorbachev was like well can we join nato maybe since the USSR is gone and everyone was like no no sorry you can't i was like but nato apparently has like open doors i said same with europe open doors i was like unless you're fucking russia and it's like i said and the problem was i was like i'm like i'm not saying that russia's responding right but i'm like we got to surely be able to all agree a little bit. It's like, we all did spit in the face of the Russian community, a proud, strong, go-fuck-yourself kind of nation that killed enough of its own people last time. And you're like, do, do you think that Russia's solely responsible for, for us being like... We didn't let them join the European Union in 2008, I want to say it was, when... And I can't remember our exact reasoning, but it was like, well, it's too big a landmass. It'd be really hard because of the whole asia thing like we don't know how this works like you're essentially your own continent russia like uh we don't know if you really could work with europe and it's all that and you're mm-hmm. like if you if you say no to a country that's so proud they've never heard the word no to them before i'm like do you do you, do you want to do you want to say that like yeah they've handled it badly but again we we could have helped them when they needed it
1: <laughs> yeah we definitely could and then so that all dates back to you know the the cold war and uh, Americans at that time were inundated with this hatred for communism, um, which I will stay and I will stay in here and say that I don't think communism is—it's definitely not the perfect government. Neither is capitalism. There's no perfect government, but there's a lot wrong with with socialism and conu- and communism and those kind of things. Um, and so we just have these years of calling this country the worst and and seeing their people as you know,
0: yeah, That's- they're on
1: in doing a lot of things, but they're idiots and they, they shouldn't be allowed in public discourse. Um, but, you know, you had, like you talked about the fall of the Soviet Union and, and that's what Putin wants right now. Yeah. And, and listen, this isn't the first time that Putin has said that, or that Russia has stated that NATO is a... This is not, these are not like veiled threats towards nato where he's like hey we don't we're not really that worried about nato but we're going to come out and say it guess what nato countries have nukes and it's coming on to the the, border. the borders of russia you know that's, that's going to happen with finland and sweden and um and then nato will come out and say well we don't preemptively strike other countries and you you know preemptively invaded the country i will tell you that i, I can firmly back Ukraine. I think they were invaded. They were oh, a sovereign nation 12. that was invaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know too many people who, besides bots on Twitter, Russian propaganda, who don't say, yeah, that should not have happened. Yeah, we can have a diplomatic conversation about that. Um, but Putin hasn't minced words about what he wants. He wants the Soviet Union back to where it was before. What he said, you know, he he called out he called out you know even before then when finland was was let was let out of the ussr he said that was the worst thing in russian history and so that's what he wants
0: see I, I i can see like that i always said like i feel like really the only politically kind of like fair compromise possible would would have to be a way of figuring out how to make the baltic states separate from everyone but still able to communicate i was like literally i was like you need to turn them into like the hong kong of europe i'm like they're like your special economic zone where it's like no 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 you work with europe but you also work with russia no one gets involved in your shit (laughs) yeah and i was like that should have been like really the answer i think in hindsight i think is 2020 in it so it's one of those where it's like we should have worked harder to do that as opposed to like i always feel like putting nato into them i was like we knew what they were gonna do It's like we all knew Russia was going to act bad the second NATO went to one of the neighbouring countries and like i mean it's not like I, I, he still invaded crimea that was still wrong <laughs> like he still, yeah, he's still uh, done many you know wrong the, things the attacks on it. georgia
1: that yeah. that was wrong you yeah, know
0: that like, i'm not gonna pretend he's a good man and he's done everything right but it's like when you know that that's how the guy's gonna fucking react and he's waiting for every excuse to just do something bigger it's like he went into crimea and you're like okay hopefully that's it and then what was it he took like the Donsk region or something before yep. or, and it's like okay that's hopefully it and it's like these are two very pro-russian areas so like maybe it's not a problem and like maybe we'll be okay or whatever and then it's like well nato's now coming in and it's like you've given him that the the perfect excuse to turn around and go with cool we can start a war now like they have they have entered the bordering state and it's like after saying they would never come to the bordering countries of russia they've come here and it's like you may have never put it in paper but you said it to them and
1: yeah and then and and we hear in to have our hands in it and not have any accountability for it yeah. so it's just like every new billion dollar package that gets, guess what you are part of this war you know yeah. those are your high mars that are being shot off in in ukraine towards russian troops so you're in it you know and i i said this from the very start you know a lot of people so uh we back in december we we were talking about this on our podcast and um, I was doing all the research, and I kind of was like, yeah, Russia is going to invade. And so I kept putting it out, and it was like people going, you're a warmonger. You just want this to happen. And I was like, I don't. I want The exact opposite. I want nothing to happen, but I know what's going to happen. And I said, you know, right after the Winter Olympics, he's going to invade Ukraine. Everybody said, no, that's not going to happen. The day after the Winter Olympics, he invades Ukraine. And so then everybody said, oh, hey, well, you you said this was going to happen. So what do you think, you know, what do you think the- it's going to be? And I said, well, I was like, I, you know, first of all, I don't know, but I do know uh, what you talked about before, which is sort of like the Russian sensibility that Russian patriotism, which is very much on par with U.S. patriotism. I've always very said I feel very like proud proud it's, it's, it's,
0: it's something even worse than yours, because it's like you guys at least like, you like it, but you're willing to say your government shit. And like yep. you, you, you're willing to think that, but I'm like, for them, it's a very different thing. Where it's like, aside from fact, they they pr- pretty much can't say the government shit. A lot of them would never consider this bad. They'd consider this to be like, you know, the best government possible. It's like that's a different level of patriotism when you're, you're in a shit state and you're still willing to go with no, no, no. This is this is a good life here. Yeah.
1: yeah so they're they're gonna fight to the bitter end, and there are people who don't want to lose, right? Um, And and now we're seeing sort of these two counter-offensives, which are very interesting, that Ukraine kind of did what the U.S. did uh, for World War II, for for the invasion of Normandy, where they started broadcasting an operation away from Normandy uh, that said, hey, we're going to come into here. We're going to put our offensive over here and kind of got the German army to move to where they were going. And then they had this secret Operation to go through Normandy, and that's basically how they were able to get the, to get people onto the beaches of Normandy and fight through that. And Ukraine took a playbook right out of that, and say, so, "Hey, we're going to do a counteroffensive in this region, and this is it's going to happen pretty soon. We're ready to do it." They started the counteroffensive. They actually had some very uh, some wins in that counteroffensive, but then what no one saw coming was a week later or two weeks later, they do a, a secret counteroffensive uh, to the other region. And all the Russians had been pulled from that region to go fight in the first counteroffensive. And now you've got this one, and they are just as it wasn't expected. Um, and, and right now, you're see, I could see on Twitter a lot of the, the support for Ukraine is they have finally won this war. That's not how this war is going to be won or lost. The war is going to be won or lost with what Putin decides to do. Uh, you, can, you can laugh at the Russian military. You can say that, that they're losing all of these battles and stuff like that, but the Russian government still has a way more advanced uh, weapon system. They have way more advanced technology than what, uh, than what Ukraine has. Now, not the stuff that they're getting from the U.S., but as far as just baseline Ukraine, yeah, Russia's far advanced, far more advanced. In that, they,
0: like they they apparently because it's like Russia and China isn't it like uh, their yeah. their main MO for everything is they send guys to to steal it and then they remake it like was it yeah. was it Russia who did the Concorde ripoff before Concorde even was a thing where they made like yeah. the Concordia and you're like and not not too on the nose what you've built I guess
1: and <laughs> I mean that's how do you how did Russia get uh, nuclear weapons yeah well they stole it. You know, that through their counter espionage and, and their intelligence department, they were able I, I to will say, reverse got, it's engineer. it's got to be
0: quite humbling, isn't it? When, like, you know, that China and Russia can't can't come up with half the new things, but fuck me, can they nick it from you like it's nothing?
1: Yeah, we just, and so we're talking like China, Russia, but Iran has started to do this. You know, Iran shot down a U.S. drone 10, 15 years ago, and they reverse engineered it to create their... Uh, their top-of-the-line drone. Um, they just it's... recently, uh, in this was, uh, man, I forget the waters, but you know near Iran, in the water, we had what, what is called a uh, naval drone. So it's a boat that's driven, unmanned, so it just drives around remotely. And the, the Iranians, the Iranian Navy, had the audacity to just go hook it up to the, tow it back to iran um and and it did not get i didn't see this in the, this was you know i still work within the department of defense and we're just sitting around talking as employees of this going hey did you hear what what iran just did and it did not reach the level of news that i saw for you know a lot of other things Considering that mean you nothing have that whole
0: confrontation with china about one of your jets in the sea
1: so yeah, so and if you're talking about the one that happened recently, like in yeah. eight, March or April, yeah, the uh, the aircraft. I was quite, you know, what's awesome is I actually got to talk to that pilot and and see what happened in that situation. But yeah, it did this off of the ship and went into the waters, and it was international waters. It's up for anybody. And what China has is um, the way that their government works is. You can you can be a businessman, but that business is owned by the CCP. Yeah. You know, the, com- the Chinese Communist Party <laughs> owns your company, and you whatever you do, yeah, you can make a profit, but all the stuff, all the intel, all the intelligence you get, all of the technologies that you make, it goes to the, the Chinese Communist Party. So I what they have like, is a lot. <clears throat> that-
0: Sorry, I was gonna say, I feel like that's the thing a lot of British people don't seem to. We we don't seem to focus on China out here. They're kind of, like, tertiary to us. But I'm, I'm half Australian, and I, I occasionally like like to pay attention to the Australian news and, like, Australian TV shows of what they're paying attention to. And, like, they obviously look at China because currently, uh, I'm sure working in the intelligence community, you, you're, you're more than aware, they currently pretty much have developed, like, a border of China around the fucking yep. country and every small little, like, island they could find.
1: That was and, the whole, you know, that's what the whole arcus. yeah. And so, trying to have nuclear capabilities in their submarines because they need to fight back against China. Um, yeah. And so, what China has in the like the South China Sea or the Pacific Ocean, they will have Chinese fishermen. And they're they fishermen. They're just guys going around getting food. Government, but they are also tasked to do whatever the Chinese government tells them to do. So that is sort of the situation we had. We had fish trying to just get this plane as it's sinking to the bottom of the ocean. And so there was this like standoff between the U.S. military and the of who is going to get this. Um, but the U.S. came in and then they destroyed the entire ship or the entire um, aircraft so that they couldn't get the technology. I was going to say, how um, did that
0: end? Did you just blow it up? Or...
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know 100% what they did, but I, I know when that was going on, there were a lot of people very scared because that was one of our elite fighter jets, and if China got their hands on it and they could reverse engineer it, they would now have this new piece of equipment. Um, it's something they did. You know, we had. The U.S. I believe in the late 90s, early 2000s, had a U.S. aircraft aircraft carrier seized in um, in the out in the Pacific Ocean, and it was seized by the Chinese just on the basis of getting sort of to get the plans for that aircraft carrier. And now, what you see now is the aircraft carriers that the Chinese are putting out right now. They are entirely based off of that aircraft carrier, so they have completely. Rep- aircraft carrier um that's that's what they do all the time and, and talking to the pilots that are on on these aircraft carriers in the pacific they come into contact with chinese aircraft you know they're they're all everybody's just going off to the borders um so what the so basically what the like the oceans have is you have what's international waters. it's something like 15 or, or 20 wow. nautical miles off yeah. of off the land is international waters you can do whatever you want within your your whole sea area Uh, but outside of that that now becomes a part of the international community and there are different laws that you have to respect in that that obviously the Chinese do not respect but um, they do every day I've, I've heard they come in contact with each other they both go to the borders uh to those uh bordering waterways and they'll look at each other and they'll both say, Hey, you're encroaching on our territory. You need to move out. And it's like, you know, maybe you know, five minutes would be a long time of them just standing there. It's, it's less than five minutes. They say that and then they leave. And they come back and do it and they do it again. And so that's all in preparation for what China wants to do, which is first they want to reclaim Taiwan. Is it really a. Me.
0: With that, do you do you think they'll probably make like an actual move on it? Because I was talking to someone who lives there, and he's like, everyone in Taiwan's like, well, the only time it was ever a problem was when Nancy Pelosi, is it?
1: Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. The, uh... Somehow
0: that was that, and like that that started the whole problem for them.
1: <laughs> well, well, now, so China and Taiwan has been a huge issue for a while. China, yeah. so there's what's called the One China policy, which is that. Um, all of that land is controlled by China. So yeah, there was a great statement by the Chinese. I say great just in that I found it super funny in what they're, this is how they think, right? And they were putting drones up, you know, nearby the Taiwan. nearby. uh, I believe they are just trying to gain intelligence off of, you know, what will the, the Taiwan government do? What will the people do when they see it? You know, all that kind of stuff. And so what happened was Taiwan. The president of Taiwan came out and made a statement, and you know China's been doing this, and they need to stop because this is a, a provocation. And uh, and the Chinese, the defense minister for China, basically put drones above China. What's the problem there? So that's how they that's how they see it. Taiwan is not Taiwan. It's, yeah. it's part of China. Um, and yeah, I believe. And this is something that uh, I had thought for a little for a little while, but I always like to hear it from somebody who really knows a little bit more. And so that's like, so Mike Baker went on to Joe Rogan, and he is huge. Uh, he's a, very much into this like conflict with China, and he knows a lot of business out there and stuff like that. And so China's had what, and I can verify all of these things. China wanted their plan was in 2050 they were going to invade they wanted taiwan and they were going to completely take back over taiwan well now they've kind of bumped that to now it's 2030
0: was it oh, 2030
1: you know i, I um, thought they
0: put 2024 i remember reading somewhere like they had their plan now, for like the next 30 years and it terrified me like who the fuck yeah. is planning that far ahead for what you're about to do war wise
1: now i think mike <laughs> baker said it that He's seeing that it's changing to 2025, and so so that those years changing, I can I could say without saying anything else that that is a verifiable timeline that I have seen from China. Um, and so some people would probably come out and say, "Well, what's the whole point? Well, stop getting into other people's business. Like if China says that back, let them have it. There, what is what is Taiwan? What does it even mean to us?" Well, where, where do all of your cell phone chips and your technology and stuff, where is all that manufactured? Do you know? It's in Taiwan. Taiwan. And it, it does, man, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the percentage right now, but it's a vast percentage of all yeah. chips that are created are from there.
0: You probably don't want There's, the Chinese government building them instead, do you?
1: <laughs> and then, you know, if it's 90% of all technology is created based of all, off of those tips, now you know that the, the CCP now is in 90% of all technology. And no, I, I'm not comfortable with that in knowing what the, the Chinese government can do. Um, and that's as far as like silencing people or anyone who speaks out, hey, you, you will either apologize or you'll end up dead. That, that's how they feel. Uh, I don't. I don't like that, and I don't think anybody in the U.S. obviously would be comfortable with that. But there's also, and this will probably seem you know crass or something like that. That there's also resources in Taiwan that, can from the island, that create a lot of these technologies and that advances technologies, and is is do we want China to be the only one to have access to that, because that is what will happen. They'll be the only ones to have access to it. And so that is the issue that we're at right now um, on why, if, if China were to invade Taiwan, why should we get involved? And I'm kind of border or not, like as the U.S. is concerned, should we get involved? But I do know that places like you talked about in Australia, but, but Japan and South Korea and the philippines and thailand want the u.s to get involved and i can tell you that personally having spoken to people they're like there's only there are very few militaries that can engage with the with the chinese military and defeat it um and i would say the uk military could do that and the u.s military could do it there are few others yeah that i know toe to toe
0: yeah see this is uh, uh, to be fair i i do have to say there is a level of um Admiration's a bad word but i think it is what it is i i can almost admire the the intelligence that china has put in into doing what they like when i saw that it's like um they had that whole what's it called the central african intelligence unit or something that they funded yep. and it was like yeah. that entire building bugged it's got everything like the servers download and ping back to fucking china every night and you're like they're fucking clever. I'm like, if, yeah. you, if you, you can say as many bad things about them as you want, but it's like, they've befriended every small Island. So they know now they can blockade the sea. Like who the hell has yeah, blockaded saying, the sea? <laughs>
1: we're, we're talking about decades of planning uh, yeah. by, by the Chinese government, because yeah, there was a time where, where China was a second class country and don't get involved with China. You know, it's the Chinese communist party uh, they've invaded Vietnam and Laos, and, and they're pushing communism in those countries. And we as Americans, we're not communists. We hate communists. So we're going to fight back against them. And then we kind of – after all that, we kind of let them back in to the global markets, predicated under the, this guise that the Chinese government put up that we just want to be uh, economical, and we want to do business with outside countries and that's all we want. And they still say that today. But the the fact remains that they did all of this for the intelligence from those companies. So it's it's going, "Hey, we're we're going to invite all these business people into China and just you know, let them do business and they'll make millions and millions of dollars. But as, as soon as you step foot in the country, your you know, your phone has been tracked, everything that's on your laptop is tracked. Yeah, this is something that we do for our country – for our company, that uh, when people are going out to China, we actually offer up uh, different solutions for how to travel there as a business, and no one could travel out there. But it's, um, it's tough to explain to, like, a business person that you're – that you want, but as soon as you step in that country – your phone is no longer your phone. You know, they've, they've already uh, they've they've already gotten into it. They're tracking it. They're tracking all your moves. That I know of have gotten into a hotel in China. They've kind of set up for the day, put all their stuff away, left, did what they needed to do, came back, and the entire room was ransacked. Their um, their laptop had been thrown out. Um, like on a, on a vast scale of they're just at this hotel, and the Chinese government has come in, gotten into their room, and looked through all their stuff. And then more covertly, they'll come in back into their room, and they'll notice something has changed in the room. And so we give a lot of people like you know RF finders or, or pieces of equipment that can find bugs what, cameras that are hidden and things like that. And every single hotel will populate with these devices inside of them. And and it's like, well, they can't, you know, these are American businessmen who are like, I'm American. I don't understand that a, an entire government will just want to track me. And all they want to do is see what you're coming here with. What new technologies are you developing? You know, what kind of new intelligence are you creating? And they take it reverse they can get the exact. They can get what you have, just a piece of equipment, and reverse engineer it and make it in the exact same form or better. And that is how a lot of a lot of their technologies have come. And it's it's man, it's fascinating. It is uh,
0: terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, it can yeah, it can be terrifying. But you know, as a, a whole people to be able to do this, it's kind of just. It, firing you know if the u.s put put that into place what more could we have done
0: well see I, kind of I, I always find like because you've got uh i always want to say darpa is it yes, darpa yeah uh, which yeah. like is meant to be scary kind of obviously i'll never know personally as i'll never get the kind of clearance to probably find out what those guys make But uh, it's one of those where it's like, I think someone said the aim of DARPA is to be like 25 years ahead of the game or something.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, which just stands for research and development. Um, There are these pseudo nonprofits that all they do is research various technologies and then reach out to companies and develop, to, to try to develop it. And that's like, everything the government has made did not come from the government it was all sourced out
0: that's what i find quite impressive is that you guys were smart in how you resourced out things like you were just like no 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 if you've developed a new bullet that's 30 times better than an old bullet sell me your bullet i need it like you would you you, like incentivize the people to to essentially create the better shit for you
1: yeah and and it's like i was saying before they'll they'll make they'll make that and then they'll make it better for the, the civilian side and i think what the u.s government gets wrong is that we see all these great technologies that are put out for the regular market and they won't use it because it was not funded by the government or it's you know the way it's created now is not outfitted for the warfighter kind of all these these kind of things and it's like you know, if you just shut up and take this technology and like reverse engineer it, you could be more advanced militarily than you are right now. And that's saying a lot because the, the U.S. government is extremely more advanced than maybe 90% of all other militaries. And, and the joke is that, you know, we get the cheapest equipment for the most money. And even that piece of equipment is far more advanced. So what could happen if you just, if you released all the bureaucracy and said, hey, what do you, what do you have? Hey, Elon, what are you creating? Can, See, we, can we get always, that? I
0: always find it mental that you like your government doesn't essentially just suck the dick at this point of Elon Musk and go, just give us everything that you keep making because it's pretty fucking yeah. good. Cause I'm like this. This man made rockets out of like pig shit silos for fuck's sake, and he, and it's like he did that quicker than NASA ever could have figured out something like that. Like, look, how, how much money does NASA like need to spend on a rocket? Right. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, and uh, to be fair, I've heard a lot of things about like how um, like Americans occasionally like go with like, oh, why is like why are NASA being funded? Like, what a waste of money. And it's like they get something like point zero one percent of your national budget, yeah. and I'm like. That's no money at all. Like someone said once it's like you could cut that off of the dollar bill and it would still be read by a machine as a dollar bill, like it's nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's and sort of so it's like this two way NASA. I I thought it was a problem. Even though I don't I don't think that government funding on things actually reduces what it should or gets you the technology you need. Um, there is what we're seeing now. Uh, in, in sort of the looking into the future was sort of the future war in space. And when they stopped funding NASA and it had to go to these private companies like you know the SpaceX and, and all those kind yeah. of companies that wanted to do it on their own, we started falling behind. And so you saw Russia and China starting to throw up these satellites that are far more advanced. Well it's like and, China these... wanna
0: put their own space station up there now, don't they? And separate from the ISS apparently. Which seems yeah. mental to me. Like China's got
1: their care? own and so and Russia now has officially stated they're gonna step away from the International Space Station and create their own space station. And we're about we're gonna see conflict in space. Um I know I know Trump got as uh, he started the Space Force and there was a whole Netflix show based off of how dumb the space force is, but um, you know, all the given all of the stupidity that he has said and done, and all that was not something that was stupid. There, there is an arms race, and you might say, "Well, what? Why is space so important? You know, can't we just deal with what's going on on Earth?" Well, first of all, space, which is where all the satellites are, which is if. If the U.S. loses a lot of that technology, your GPS is now running through a Chinese satellite. And so all your information is getting pulled up from that. So that's the first thing. The other thing is we don't know what resources these other planets have. And maybe that's something like I'm not a colonialist or, or trying to go outer space and, and declare new land oh, for anybody.
0: No. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> Put the flag down. But if if other the other China and Russia are gonna do it, should the U.S. and the U.K. and, and sort of the the former acts the former allies get together and try to go see? Let's start with the moon, guys. Let's what is what are the resources on there that we could bring back and planet we have right now
0: see i'm i'm like i said i'm all for the whole like kind of like colonization thing i i think i think what we do though is we we all agree concurrently we do it right this time so that we don't we don't have people looking back at us 300 years later calling us fucking savages for turning up and killing the local population like i, th- I think maybe we're smart enough to to know better than that <laughs> but like um i i said to someone i think what we what we should do is like all the uh all the kind of like western countries that that don't want to deal with china and russia's shit i was like in north korea i'm like i say we all just turn our turn our attention towards space we we look at like elon and we go the right what's the quickest way to terraform let's start that process now and i'm like we get there all right and then we just we work on like i said half of us work on getting there the other half work on space defense i'm like and all of a sudden said, we just put like a bunch of weaponry facing the earth and we go right china russia north korea you fucking try and leave the planet (laughs) and we will we, we will we will obliterate it. But if you all agree to stay there and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do and you leave us with Mars, you you carry on lads and you fuck it you go belly up there without without us having to deal with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so this is it's interesting because this is sort of what I envision happened in, you know, 131400s where these sailors were like I want to go see how we can get, how we can make a better route to China, or you know, how we can get to different areas quicker. Well, they set sail and they explored the globe, and and people probably had these conversations of those idiots. What what are they going to try to find? We found everything. There's there's nothing here, and now we have created entire populations based off of just having done that. And so space exploration is that new frontier of. Yeah, terraform Mars. If you're so worried that global warming is going to destroy the Earth and you don't have a solution, go to Mars, terraform it. You know, you can, you can. We have technology now that you can live for years through certain types of foods. And, and now can we plant certain foods onto Mars, or or can we grow a greenhouse onto Mars and kind of do these things? And, yeah, in our lifetime, we're not going to see it, probably. But 300 years from now, that's that's probably the next human population. They're going to be patriotic Martians and don't come to our land. Um, and-
0: I mean, we're going to have it. I, I hope we have it where it's like, you know, we fly off to Mars, but sometimes for a bit cheaper, you take a uh, layover on the moon or <laughs> something. <laughs> Just it's a, a beautiful layover, layover but you just got to sit on the moon just looking out going well this is fucking boring isn't it
1: and i hope it's a capitalist society because then you'll have tours of you know the first men that came to the moon you can tour there you can see where the Look flag was put down <laughs> so they'll have those cd tours where you want to go to the dark <laughs> side of the moon let's go come on guys so that well, you can't you can't that's go go there. what i would that's, love.
0: that's that's where the moon nazis are we all know this <laughs>
1: right and it's sometimes you get a view of them uh, but wouldn't you want to put your feet where they put their feet
0: yeah i've i but... I've, I've always been obsessed with the idea of being able to go to space but i also go with like if we could get to mars in my lifetime i i, I would happily be one of the first people on mars like if that's an opportunity like if i, I get somewhere and like you know one day mr musk is like you. Do you want to go Mars? I've looked at my missus and said, look, if it's just me and you can't go, I'm like, you're fucking done. I'm gone. I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm like, this is I'm like, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, I, I wouldn't be able to pass up going. I'm like, I might not even survive the trip, but I'm willing to risk it just to go to Mars.
1: <laughs> Cause we live in it like a society of experiences. Um, and I know that's how my personality is. I would want the experience. Yeah, You know, I wouldn't want to read in a book or see on television. I, I want to be a part of it. So to, to step foot on there. And if you're the first person to step foot on Mars, that is, that is in the history books forever. Yeah. You, you will not be forgotten. We, we still talk about Christopher Columbus, and he really wasn't even the first person.
0: No, it's like American people, story. people, hundreds. I think like um, I know that like one of the oldest stories of someone who possibly found America was like this Irish bloke who set sail in like almost a fucking rowboat, and his story suggests that he would have gone past Iceland and Greenland and all of that. And people were like, "Right, it's not possible." And then someone actually has done it, and they were like, "To be fair, if you follow his story, it's like he probably hit like Canada maybe more than he would have hit the U.S." You don't but he would have found America before anyone else. And this was like the eleven hundreds.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and just not knowing what you just found. Yeah. Right? Because you don't you don't and so you hit rocks or you hit this this landform and you're like, Well, this must be an island. Uh I don't know what it is, but here I am and then you leave it. Yeah. And and then and then you die and you're able to see through history and you're like, Man, you know what, I saw that <laughs>
0: the heartbreak if ghosts are real and he's just sat there going with that christopher columbus twat i was there 400 I'm... years before him
1: <laughs> so, so that land has that ghost on there just yeah just yelling at people like listen was, to me that's... i was here first with all the
0: aztecs just being up there go, like just chilling there going with excuse me
1: <laughs> yeah, we're here and, fucking... and we're not
0: we built a rainforest boys <laughs>
1: You see, see these pyramids. They're very similar to some other pyramids, don't you think?
0: <laughs> I, to be fair, I, I do find stuff. that stuff. I was going to say that stuff is fascinating, and like it was when I think like I, I want to say it was Joe Rogan talking to I can I can't remember his name Graham Graham Hancock.
1: Graham Hancock. Yeah. yep. Uh, Fingerprints of the Gods. Yeah. Um, the book. Yeah.
0: And like I was watching, I was watching one of his, and he was talking about how like they're pretty sure it's all essentially but like you you look at the rainforest you go why the fuck is it like so many of these one plants are not really diverse like all these trees are not extremely diverse like you think and he's like it's like it logically was used as a garden and it's like and yeah. these people had that terra preta stuff like the 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 amazonian dark soil that they made to make it work and it's like it's a barren wasteland but we've made this and it spreads a bit and it it, it's extremely useful and you just put it on the ground.
1: And <laughs> and there's, yeah, and there's so much with history that um, we kind of, and I, I talked about this before, we kind of look back on these, on these people as if they were just dumb um, a lot because they didn't have the technology that we had. And, and so the technology we have now, we're looking and we're able to see it in LIDAR underneath the soil. And there are these massive cities underneath the soil. It's not roadways and and sort of like waterways underneath the soil that they created that we have no idea what they are, and it's been lost to history. We have no clue how much intelligence was out there before all of this got destroyed.
0: I think, I can't remember who it was who said it, but like, I remember watching someone say, the thing is, is like, we stand there saying, how the fuck could they have done it? It's like, we've got no knowledge of how anything was built because any knowledge that was kind of in existence was in the library of Alexandria and that, that fucker got burned down to the ground. So there's there's most, most of the world's knowledge gone. And then it was like, uh, but they said, it's like, you could you could easily argue that they could have gone to space for all you fucking know. They're like, yep. you think about how long it took us to do it. It's not that hard. And it was like, it's one of those where it's like, and everything made out of aluminium would be gone after 12,000 years. Like, it's not, like, cranes would fall apart. And it was one of those where I'm like, oh, don't start putting in my head that the Egyptians (laughs) built fucking cranes or something. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, it's annoying because it makes perfect sense. If they could build cranes, this all adds up. But I'm like, then we've got a bigger question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so how (laughs) think about it in this. And this is how I think. Um, Not that I think there are these... So what Graham Hancock talks about are these ancient civilizations that knew yeah. all these, these kind of things that we already know about, and they were far more advanced than we are. They had new things that we don't know about. But think in, uh, with that loss to history. And a 1,000 years from now, let's say society collapses and we, we kind of lose everything because of all these global wars that are going on. And so we completely collapse. And a 1,000 years from now, People come back and, and they kind of like come upon a, a cell phone device or something that that maybe was preserved in time. Would they have any idea what this was, or would they make up something based off of what they know in in the present, as opposed to, you know, well this is this is a piece of technology we have nothing we don't know anything about. So maybe it's something completely different. We always try to say this is this is a piece of equipment we know nothing about. It must have been used for this practical purpose. What would they say this this cell phone was used for? It's just a blank screen. It was used they, to hit
0: women over the head to, to seduce them or something like you know. Yeah, the old caveman <laughs> trick. These... Like they just made smaller ones, lightweight,
1: just. Right. <laughs> as they advanced as, as a population, they just used it to throw instead.
0: Yeah. Of... <laughs> it was a game thing, you know. They just used to throw it between each other like it's hacky sack.
1: But I mean it... the uh, the library of Alexandria, which the burning of the uh, library of Alexandria should go down as one of the low points in human history because okay. there was so we we what did they they said they lost like 90% of knowledge the... in that. Of the knowledge, to...
0: yeah. And imagine we losing ninety percent of your knowledge and like just your general knowledge. Imagine losing ninety percent of that and trying to function as a normal human being and now be a society. You and it's like, but it's um because it, I think the thing that always like makes me like kind of fascinated by them is things like when you talk about I think it was like Gobekli Tepe was yeah. was was physically buried by people like they knew that they needed to bury it and I'm like what the f- fuck could you see that told you yeah that's gotta go under the ground it's not safe yeah like we have to bury this And it's like how could you tell what was going on well enough because it's like i'm pretty sure that they're 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 semi-confident it was probably like meteorite or something that came flying down to the earth and would have caused these kind of things and it's like what happens to 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 create such (laughs) Such knowledge for you that you go, yeah, I need to bury, bury all it, my, yeah. my monuments. This can't,
1: this can't get into the wrong hands. Like,
0: you know, and it's, it's the fact that it's like you can do that in a time where we stand there going with like, we, we know when we've had near misses for sure. But at the same time, it's like, but we also can tell you, we can't tell what the fuck is around us most of the time. We're like, we're pretty, pretty sure we're safe, but we are a little dot in a cosmic shooting gallery and yeah. kind of just praying that this shotgun blast has missed us.
1: <laughs> yeah you know, I mean, we'll talk about stuff that's happened just in the last decade or two with the sun and they, you know, shooting out the solar, you're having these sort of solar waves that are stopping technology in certain places. And it's like, we didn't see that coming. So what's next? For yeah. the sun, you know, because the sun does one thing slightly different and it could collapse all of human civilization. What are we doing about that, guys? Because I don't hear anybody gonna, talking. We're
0: going to dig tunnels and then we're going to find out mole people are real and they were us originally when they freaked out about the fucking sun.
1: Well, Bill Gates, that said that he wanted to sort of put a shield around the earth to block from the sun's rays and anything that the sun would do.
0: What like fucking Mr. Burns from, uh, yeah, just, I'll put a giant metal it's shield protective. in front of us and yeah. nothing bad can happen when the sun's blocked out. Obviously, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that, uh, that, that, that concept of the Dyson sphere. I'd, I'd love to see, you know, humanity one day achieve such a, such an incredible feat. I know it's never going to be in my lifetime. Where, but, where you know,
1: are we there? You know, those are, that's
0: a year's in that's if we all make it to a point where we we get intelligent enough to uh to do it honestly if like if 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 this is the generational kind of time where we watch like all of human civilization crumble because of war and like we just we pretty much all die out i will sit there and be like yeah this makes sense as to how there were pyramids and no one could figure it the fuck out we are useless shit. like at this like we're oh, never that gonna, one
1: coming we're and... never
0: going to achieve anything else like
1: yeah and and then they'll look at well, I mean, you, you, what you talked about. We have these skyscrapers and all these buildings, and, and over thousands of years, that would just disintegrate. Yeah. And no, you wouldn't see them again. They, we'd they have we go well. What, a, what about pictures? You you've got pictures, and it's like, well, those don't exist anymore in twenty thousand years. What are we going to be viewed as?
0: I mean, um, if, we're, if we're lucky, what will happen is all our satellites will stay up there, and then they'll be like, wait, fuck, they, they, people put shit in the sky. That, will they'll be revering us as, like, the original gods that came to this Earth, and the whole yeah. rapid expansion of the human mind was alien intervention will be be our fault. <laughs> they'll be like, it has to be confirmed. There's shit in the sky. It makes no sense. They'll be like, aliens. It's the only yeah, answer. Yeah, it's
1: always always got to be aliens, Um See, and I always, I,
0: I always love alien, alien people because I, I, have messaged them. Uh, I've messaged into a Reddit about them once about the what's his name, uh, Bob Lazar. Yeah, Bob and Lazar. Yeah, thing. and like, everyone in that community almost fucking hates him. And I'm like, this is the one man with like some form of government story who, who, who could possibly be telling you the truth, and you're like bullshit. But Derek, who caught a camera of what might be a plane, might be a fucking flying saucer. <laughs> he's trustworthy.
1: Yeah, and and man, you you bring up great point because I mean I I love uh, so I was out in the Nevada desert near Area 51, and there's this uh, if you've never been out there, there's a little town Rachel, Nevada, and it's all predicated on uh, government conspiracies and aliens based off of Area 51, and these people are awesome. Uh, there there are pictures everywhere. There's this little there's like there's maybe 1200 people in this town and they've lived there their whole lives and there's this one little it's it is a restaurant it's a hotel it's called the little Inn. and (laughs) the entire restaurant is just pictures of people finding ufos um telling their stories things like that and they're incredible stories fucking
0: capitalism has done it perfectly where you can just oh yeah you can you can monetize anything, and that's fuck it. That's brilliant. So can I yeah. just ask? So have you have you had the 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 luck and pleasure to actually go out to Area Fifty One in your career, or?
1: Oh, you, sorry, I, I didn't catch the end of that one.
0: Sorry, uh, I was saying, have you had like the the luck and privilege of going out to like Area Fifty One during your career with the army, or?
1: Uh, I haven't been onto the actual base. That's very compartmentalized, yeah. right there. But but I have gone out, you know, onto um, now. Area 51's not the only secret compound that's out there either. Yeah. Um, or classified. I wouldn't even call it classified. It's just kind of um, for official use only.
0: I find Area fifty one entertaining for the fact it's like this secret base that everyone knows exists in the Nevada desert. Right. User.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows. Uh, I actually talked to a person who was out there whenever if you remember the big area 51 raid yeah and everyone was going to come out and they kind of told me exactly what happened in that and um and it's based off so that the inn that i was talking about the little alien actually you can overlook and see the fencing for area 51 if you just sit there so these thousands of people came up and i was i was wondering i was like so did a thousand people just race towards the, the wall and the gate and just say, let us in. And they're like, no, it was like two people. And everyone else kind of sat at the little alien and overwatched what these people went to do. And they got to a certain point and they were told, Hey, we have all the, the right to use weapons on anyone who comes any closer. And at that moment they said, all right, let's go. And they turned around and they left. Um, it is uh within that compound is is very compartmentalized you can have the greatest clearance ever and you still would not know what's being developed at area 51 um
0: it's one of those you wouldn't know what the guy in the next room is doing kind of thing because yeah. that ain't your yeah. fucking roommate your problem
1: and that's and that's a lot of times how so that's kind of what happened with nine eleven. that's how nine eleven came about um, not aliens, but are you sure? cause I've um, seen the
0: video where <laughs> where it was shot by aliens, and that was pretty convincing.
1: <laughs> now all those videos are are very convincing, and it could have happened. I don't throw aside any conspiracy <laughs> theory. I, I love to discuss them all. but um so with the intelligence department, the problem that we have is sort of that what I'm working on, the guy next to me has no idea about because they don't have need to know. And that happened for nine eleven. You know, we had a few people who were working on uh, on bin Laden and knew I mean, it it came out that he was going to uh, he was going to fly planes into a building in the United States. The thought was it was going to be the White House and the Pentagon. Uh, There were only a few people who kind of considered that New York would be hit because it is the the one major city that everyone knows about. I was going to say
0: the the center of like the idea of capitalism and everything kind of comes from there, doesn't it? (laughs)
1: Definitely. And and the World Trade Center, you know, that's what it is, the World Trade Center. It's it's kind of the shining beacon of capitalism. Um, and so there were people who knew, and they would tell other people, or they would tell their leadership, this is what I'm working on. And they're like, ah, don't worry about that. That's Afghanistan. See, going back to how we consider people who are different from us to be less or dumb, know enough because they don't have the technology, was... They're just, they, don't, they don't have the capacity to do it, and they wouldn't do it because the U.S. would, would strike, and they would strike fast and hard. Uh, what they didn't consider was that Osama bin Laden didn't think the U.S. would retaliate. Um, the U.S. was going to um, – they were trying to build back economically. Um, and there were other attacks on the World Trade Center. There was a bombing on the World Trade Center. Uh, that was done as well. Retaliation militarily for that. I was going to say, wasn't so there they, a
0: pre, pre, like another attack on the World Trade Center with like a smaller plane, like in nineteen ninety? I want to say it was like ninety six or something, wasn't it? Like yeah, that, sometime around then, <laughs>
1: ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah. Um. So so these had happened, and they were they actually tracked a lot of the these guys that got their pilot's license just to do that. Um they, they flew over on visas with their passports, and they stayed in the U.S., and they learned how to fly. And, and, and there was a certain group of intelligence analysts who knew this and saw this, but there was no uh, – there was no way to get the word out within the intelligence community due to this compartmentalized behavior. Um, this – what I like – we always say, do you have need to know? Need to know is what caveats do you have within your clearance to un- to to look at these. So, just the just the Bin Laden raid itself was a caveat within the uh, the intelligence community. So, if you had a, a top secret clearance, you may not have had that caveat. Um, so, you was going on with that? And then there were other, you know, there were people with with secret but they were informed about things because they needed to know it. They were, they were part of it. And that's, that was the problem, and they've kind of fixed that by offering more people that need to know. But then what happens with, with humans is we always swing. We never want to go and be like, here's the problem. What's the middle solution to this? It's always like, what's the problem? Well, the intelligence community isn't talking. Okay, how do we fix it? Let's just talk all the time. And so a bunch of people were getting these clearances and need to know, and, and now we're finding out that, oh, guess what? There are a lot of people involved with the CCP or you know, the Russian military or Iran yeah. who now have clearances in the U.S., and they're getting all this information.
0: It's got to be a hard one. See, the, what you need is you need, like, another agency that can collect all the information and then redistribute back to the people who had other information. Like, all right, so we saw you were looking at this. We've also seen that Derek from fucking, like, the CIA was looking at some, <laughs> something similar. Here's what he's got on it. Here's, we're sending your shit over to him. Sounds like you need another department to kind of, that. Uh...
1: I don't... I'll push back to, on creating any agency anymore. I think we've got plenty of agencies. Let's get rid of some of these agencies, too. But I think if we could just, you know, know who to talk to and put the information out, like it's communication and it's every, everywhere I go and everyone I deal with, uh, I, I kind of do, well we do what's called like after action reviews on everything. So it's kind of like learning lessons on what happened. Every single one of those is communication issues. Something happened where the communication broke down and everything went to shit. And it's like, So how do we fix this? And everybody has these grand ideas of we're going to equip this person better or we are going to make this person the information and then they know what's going on and and we'll do it that way. And it's like, no, guys, if you just told people that are doing uh, or who are providing you goods or who who are a part of this operation, if you just tell them what's going on and what the best way to go about it is, But a lot of times we just, as humans, we're like, well, I got to be secretive about this. No, you can't know why. You can know that we're driving out to, you know, you can know we're driving out to Washington, D.C., but you can't know why. Just drive out there. And it's like, well, don't you think if you told them why you were going there? Yeah. Well, this route is not the best route to take. Let's try to take another one because I've done this drive a hundred times. And that never gets thought about. So it's basically just communication
0: i i i feel like i recall hearing something as well was like one of your one of the issues that you kind of had like with the whole 9-11 thing was part of it it comes to you've got three departments fighting for the glory of who the fuck just stopped the greatest terror attack kind of thing on on american soil and that way you kind of create an environment where the people it, it, even people don't want to talk just in the fact that it's like well yeah but if it's like if the fbi go well here's what we know on what's happening and the cia end up catching him it's like well yeah but they used our information to do it and it's like shouldn't fucking matter if you've saved lives but apparently there's like a competitive problem of i, I think someone said it, it's funding that that can be a big deciding factor in how they choose to yeah. communicate at times and i was like surely surely look at all of them and say fuck it you will get equal funding now fuck off and do your jobs <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, uh, so it is. It's a lot with funding. Um, if you go, you want, and you were right with the agencies, you know, we had, we had looking at the same thing. And I, I'll also say that each of the services, the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, are looking at a lot of the same problem set to find different solutions. Whereas if they would just talk together, and what we've noticed is that, so the Army would come and say, hey, we need a te- piece of technology that looks like this. Uh, and they'll, they'll go and say 20 million dollars to uh, a company to develop this thing, when the Air Force just spent 10 million for a company to develop it, and they already have it. So why are you guys not talking to each other yeah. to outfit this same thing? And they go, well, those, those guys deal with, you know, they're Air Force, they're outfitted differently. It's not going to be what we're doing. And it's like, well, do you need 20 million dollars? Like surely go to the same guys yours? who just
0: made it and say i'll give you an extra five mil to mod it
1: yeah and and that's exactly how it should work and it doesn't and it's part it's part of the problem no, but you, you made you a good point point.
0: 700 bill on the army every fucking year if that's how you choose to throw yeah. your money around
1: it it gets so frustrating sometimes but that's how these agencies work and when you're talking about uh making a prediction uh, and, and i've seen so I, I heard about this years ago but studies are coming out every day that the more uh, the more facts and laws beings the more entrenched in a wrong opinion that they have they will stay you know they'll, they'll be more entrenched in that opinion and no one could figure out why we as humans go hey this is an opinion i have and then somebody tells you or you're stupid which i don't think that that's the good that's a that's not the best way to start a conversation but they'll also say hey i can tell you you know like i can tell you the earth's not flat because i was up there and i saw it and they'd go no you weren't this is false Look, and then an, you're it's like
0: it's an ice wall and then we've got more islands but none of us are allowed to go to them and australia right you <laughs> <laughs>
1: you you may have said you were but you i know um and it happens to, it's not just it's not i'm not saying it's stupid people the most intelligent intelligence officer will form an opinion based off of a hypothesis of of some sort of intelligence and even though so that can be can be false you know the opinion of bin laden is not trying to crash planes into the World Trade Center. You have an intelligence officer that says that's not going to happen. I know for a fact it's not going to happen. And you have an analyst that will tell them he played out that it's going to happen. And first of all, is competitive as a human being and doesn't want to be wrong and, and doesn't want to cede any ground to somebody that they think is inferior to them. And I think that is the human nature is – and I think see other people as they're not even if I'm not even talking based off of of race, sex, religion, anything like that. Just because you're not me. I don't know who you are. You know, you're not a political pundit on TV or you're not this kind of person. You are lesser than me. So you don't know what you're talking about. It provides truth, facts and logic. You go well. You're an idiot. So I, I never got that information. So that must be false information. And so I'm going to stay entrenched in. It. And that is pervasive throughout the intelligence community. You don't want to be wrong. An intelligence failure means death. That's, uh, that's all it is. I was
0: gonna say, it's to um, be. I can imagine quite a stressful kind of job to be in when you know that like you you make a fuck up or you you read something and you go nah i don't think that's going to be what they do and that's what they do like that's got to be one of those where you're like yeah shit how many lives are on my on my head for for not not taking that information on or
1: (laughs) you'll you'll see and if you read if you like go back and read through intelligence reports and stuff it's never this is a hundred percent Happen. We always caveat things with percentages, and, and we say, "Hey, this is, you know, this is the probability that this is going to happen." Now, when that probability twenty percent, you, you start opening eyes, and you're like, "Okay, well, we need to do something with this." Um, yeah, but if it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, and it, and if it's if it's like I'm at twenty percent um, probability, well, it still can happen. You know, there's a ton of things that are twenty percent probability that. that can happen. Now, will it happen? Hopefully not. Uh, but when you're when you're making these, even like a 10%. So what we have, what we call it, the uh, hypothesis. The, <laughs> so it's the analysis of competing hypotheses in the in the intelligence uh, community, and it was developed sort of after these intelligence failures, where we kind of had one hypothesis. This is what's going to happen. We know it and start fighting towards that. And you saw these intelligence failures. So what they do now is the uh, analysis of competing hypotheses, which takes five, six, seven different hypotheses from all kinds of different analysts. And then you basically play like devil's advocate and you go, Hey, this is what I think is the most prob. What you're looking for is the most probable thing to happen. So just say, I think this is the most probable thing that's going to happen. And the guy that has the competing hypothesis will say, well, here's all the data i'm ha- i have and the hypothesis i formed let's go against those two and see which one comes out as the most probable um decision. but you also don't just go oh hey this hypothesis won out let's delete that other one and not even think about it you really have to in uh before you make a decision
0: so yeah, i was gonna so i can imagine it's got to be hard then because <clears throat> to the extent even with all the information at hand like it just sounds impossible, the idea that, like, six people or whatever it was will take three planes, crash them into buildings, and it's like, that just doesn't sound even remotely likely. <laughs>
1: yeah, even even if they are planning it, and they're here in the U.S. right now, so bait, I'll bring those facts up to you right there. They're here. I, I see the planning. It's it, You'd still have that hypothesis, like you said, of the person that goes, there's no way they're going to do that. <laughs>
0: Like, nah, it's, bullshit. Anyone's nicking three planes.
1: Three planes? Like, like we yes, there have been hijacking
2: ballsy.
1: of... <laughs> yes, There's been hijacking of planes, but not to this extent. So it's not going to happen. Uh, but there was that small probability, and it, and then it did happen, and it changed the world forever.
0: Yeah. Well, that's when your Patriot Act came in, and, and that just... Yep. That kind of... That shaped America into the... the Country, it's become pretty much like that one. That one incident completely fucking changed everything for yeah, America, it, didn't it? It
1: did. It it changed. You know how the well, I I would say it started a new patriotism in the U.S. That's kind of falling away now. But it it also built up this, and the Iraq War did the same thing. But it's built up this um, you know, this military complex within the U.S. Like every company there are very few companies who do not want to be in on a government contract helping the military solve these kind of issues oh, I wish and I that could, wasn't I like <laughs> yeah and, and it didn't happen like that 30 years ago you know it's the, the military is developing these things there there are these elite groups that are coming in to sort of fix those things with them and and that was like the boeings and those kind of and now there are th- you can you, you can go look through you know the pentagon's funding and there are thousands of companies you've probably never heard of
0: who have a piece of the pie war dogs film was wasn't it it's like because you guys have it so openly free to anyone because i haven't actually seen all of it but i know like roughly what it was they actually did and it was the whole buying like was it chinese ammunition and then just repackaging it and going with there we go and like i heard that was illegal and i was like Ah, oh, fuck it. If you're getting it from China, I'm like, everything else is made in China. Why have you got a problem that the bullets were made there as well?
1: well? Yeah, and and then you you know, like War Dogs is like, um, it that was the whole the whole movie is based off a true story based off of how government contracts work, in um and and the whole thing is this one guy and brought along a friend. He he saw that they were like these. Tiny contracts the government was looking for for uh, supplying weapons uh, to certain. They didn't have enough weapons, so some of the military units were getting contracts to be supplied weapons. Um, you know, truck drivers. Things. It was the Wild West back in 2003, 2004, up until like 2009, where companies would just come in, and you started your your company, your LLC or whatever you decided your company was just to get a government contract so that the government would pay you millions of dollars to do something you can do for like 200 bucks
0: See, i think i read that in like uh like some of the things where it's like they were like they overpaid companies for like loads of things it's like they give you three million dollars for about ten thousand dollars worth of ammunition you're like how the fuck but apparently it was like thanks to I think it was like one of those where it's like, well, yeah, but thanks to war, no one yep, gives war... a shit how much money I'm spending on it as long as we win it. So
1: the two things that war does is it brings the country together,
0: it makes and, and, and it,
1: of al- it also uh, advances technologies in a way like nothing before. Uh, I mean, you, the Industrial Revolution happened based up, solely off of coming out of war, uh, World War Two. This sort of boom that happened after World War II. All of these guys, who started up companies, doing things that they were already doing in the military, yeah. And they started creating these different technologies. And that was all just government funded. And here you go, and and it advanced it because, what war teaches you is that you know it's a great statement by uh, Donald Rumsfeld uh, while I was out in Iraq, and he said, "You go." war with the military that you have well what happens after war is you get to create the military that you want and so that's where all these technologies come in and so that's you're seeing all the stuff that elon musk is creating and, and bezos and all those all these great innovators is a lot of it is funded through the government and, and it's based off of hey we're going to go to war with. You. What's going to happen how are we going to succeed well they're going to jam your your gps can we do anti-gps jamming can we do that oh i can do that here's some money for it and then all that kind of like how technology. musk
0: has starlink um pretty much to be the most effective thing in a war zone for communication yes i love
1: Starlink. Like deployed it to uh,
0: ukraine and i saw that and i was like that's good advertising <laughs> for when uh, any other country gets fucked up you need internet you need yeah. connection i can get 12 satellites in the air by tomorrow <laughs>
1: And then what's so fascinating, you know, recently I, I just read that, the, that they were able to jam Starlink and they shut it down for a few seconds before it, it repopulated. Um, so the, the, the Russians are already working on, it, which means, uh, you know, the, the. is working on how to make it better. And that's going to advance the technology. See, it is. And so then, it's
0: good for business. It's good for everything else. It's just a real shame for all the people that have to die for it, isn't it?
1: Well, that's, so, and that's something we haven't really talked about that I think is the human toll that it's taken. Um, we're going to discuss Russia and Ukraine and who is right and who is wrong when thousands of people are dying. It seems unsensible to kind of do that. Um, it seems immoral sometimes to, to have the conversation. Wrong. Well, guess what? 20 people just died. So you're both wrong for just having. There's there's yeah. a stoic saying that says um, Aurelius, who said this, but uh, I'm not for sure on that. And he said, Stop debating what a good man is. Be a good man. Uh, and that's so, sort of some of the stuff that I try to do in my own life is like, I get into a debate and these conversations are great. Like the one that we're having right now, I think is very useful, very great and hope people get so much benefit out of this. But there comes a point in a debate where you're yelling at the other person where you just have to stop and say, I'm going to stop doing what is and just do good. And what happens from that is what's going to happen from that.
0: It's one of those, we wish the world could sit down and sing, come by our together, but sadly sadly, sadly it's, we it's, cannot it's not that easy and people dislike like i because we we've spoken on china about a lot of things it's like with with their, like they're moving into africa with everything at the moment and like how i think is it like the congo's where they're trying to get into next because that's where all like oh. that's where like 90 percent of the cobalt is
1: yeah so um as i've like i said i've been over to africa quite a few times i've worked out there and, and the this was the last time i was in africa was 2016 or 2017, I think. And through all those years, I watched the Chinese come in and they built their own. So in some countries, they have their own hotel, their own restaurant. Their business people go to that hotel. They eat at that restaurant. And all they're doing is extracting the minerals from the earth and they leave. And so they're building up. What the U.S. does that I know, I'm not going to talk to any other country, but I know for the U.S., They are extracting resources out of Africa, Um, and you can say it's exploitative to the people of Africa. You should let them, you know, have the resource to whoever they want. That's 100% accurate. USGS go in and extract those resources. We build infrastructure around it. People say, well, what kind of infrastructure? Well, we've improved airports, uh, you know, built schools. Uh, Personally, was involved with the building of orphanages in the area. Um, When you have these more um, authoritative authoritative governments and, and just governments that are only there for themselves, it's all just about, get me the resources in the cheapest way possible, get it back to me, and either sell those resources or create new technologies to sell with those resources. So it's as much crap as capitalism gets. Even in a communist society, it's based off of capitalism. Well, it's, it's based off of money. The not work if you money. can't make
0: money, does it?
1: <laughs> yeah. And so it's all – so these these economic systems are all based off of who gets the money, right? Is it going to be the government that gets all of the money, or do the people get all of the money? And I, I would love – to find a happy medium somewhere there there has mean, to be I, some I, sort I of economy there is
0: no answer to it is there because realistically no. like let's put it like this the government get all the money all the time it doesn't matter how yeah. you want to lay it out everything has to go back to them at some point anyway it's like doesn't matter whether it's your tax or when you're buying shit the government get it back any, at the end of the day they get
1: they get their piece and and they also a government. I think we we discussed this earlier with guns and and why does everybody need why do Americans think they need guns? Yeah, and we can have that debate. Blah, we can have that debate for hours. But it's the it the fact remains true that if the U.S. government, if you have something, let's say you have plutonium or uranium or something, and, and you're looking to build a bomb, the government can come in by force and take that from you. You know, I don't care if you have 30 guns in your gun safe. You are not going to push back the entire government. It goes. It goes back to what I was talking about with Waco, yeah. right? They did have a lot of weapons, and they didn't want the government. They were an, kind of uh, cult that was there, and they used guns and they kind of pushed back that early uh, invasion of the FBI um, using military forces into the compound that they were at. But there came a point where they said, "Fuck it, get the tanks." let's go and they just, started firing just remembered we have
0: we have bigger weapons and i was like "Why what? the fuck are we having a firefight we've got planes we've got tanks
1: yeah let's just send them and so that that's that can happen you're not going to be able to fight back from the government with you as one person yeah And I I would caution anyone to try to fight back against the government. I was
0: going to say, you always want to believe, though, isn't it? Like the idea is that it's the people. You you will all agree to rise up and fight against the government. And it's like, yeah, it's not it's not easy to revolt. Like if if you look at most other countries that have ever gone through revolution, it's not that easy. Very few are successful. More often than not, the revolution, like all the revolutionaries, uh, end up dead. So.
1: And and I mean, we can look in recent, very recent history. We go January 6th on the Capitol of the United States.
0: That was Hundreds of people,
1: hundreds of people enter the Capitol and run amok in the entire Capitol. And, you know, it was it was scary for, I'm sure, senators that were there that had to hide and, and that kind of stuff. And those those people are not still at the Capitol. They were pushed back. Yeah. They got out of there. With, um,
0: with it, that insurrection, that curiosity, just like, because I, I saw something where, like, it's, oh, I can't remember, one of the many nutty conspiracy theorists of the world. Um, what's his name? I think it was the one who's just been prosecuted. The, the Sandy Hook was fake guy. Why is his name dropped from my mind?
1: Uh, yeah, his, his I can't remember his name. I right don't now. know why
0: his name's blanked from me. Um, but like, he does I, Info
1: Wars. That yeah,
0: his... Alex Jones. There we go. Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it might be in him by by chance because I, I enjoy Alex Jones. He's funny. It, like, if if you if, if anything like the shit he says is funny. That the whole they they are making the frogs gay like in the water and whatnot it, with the water is incredible. And... They're making
1: the frogs gay. Those yeah. I mean, just he's, I he's I had stand some on the same side lines. of it is hilarious but some like, of the stuff. i
0: think he i think it was him who was saying that like there's videos of guys who are like all robed up or something like not robed up but like in hoodies and like they're the first kind of few to breach and like there was the whole i think he was like he's he claimed it's like they were government people there to like start all of it and it's like i i am curious as someone who worked in in intelligence i take it that isn't out of the realm of possibilities at least realistically for the american government because i've heard it's... i've heard the, the things about like you know wanted to to take out droned planes to make it look like cuba we're trying to start a war and shit so yeah
1: <laughs> and and this happens uh so to say the u.s government could do that yes and and they've done it in the past where they've sort of manufactured things to be able to um to do what they want now Some would say I I was part of the process for the invasion of Iraq, the intelligence that was found on that. None of that was manufactured uh, as far as I know, and so that that wasn't something, uh, an invasion that was manufactured. Uh, As far as the insurrection is concerned, there is nothing yet that has convinced me that it was some government inside job happens with this and what happens with all conspiracy theories and, and the way they become so pervasive is that every conspiracy theory has a hint of truth in it and so when you tell a population no that never that would never happen yeah there was kind of a truth to that um so like the it was the fbi that that did the insurrection and you go no The FBI did not do that. They they didn't have anybody over there.
2: And
1: it's coming out. This guy. Well, he's involved with the FBI. Well, what is he doing there? Um, The FBI doesn't want to say. Why won't the FBI say? Well, that's sensitive information. Um, Or, you know, the governor of Michigan during during the lockdowns in COVID. I think name there was actually an assassination attempt on her because she oh, was I remember was hearing something down.
0: about this yeah
1: and um and the conspiracy theory was that it was actually the FBI um that was they actually formulated this this uh assassination attempt in order to arrest these people the FBI says that we didn't do that. There is no way that anyone did it. Then you find out that it was actually uh, people within the FBI who were conversing with these people and kind of planted that in their mind and they ran with it and created this assassination. So the conspiracy theory, you go, well, that's not true. I can never believe that. And then you find out oh, there's a little bit of truth to this conspiracy theory. What else is true? I, I
0: so remember were reading at- something where they said like a lot of the in- intelligence agencies say that you don't have to actually work on disinformation half the time. They're like the conspiracy theorists do it for you these days. Yeah, but like Especially there's no work in, in disinformation. Media. You're like, how the fuck are you telling? You're telling me you could tell me the truth, and we're not going to believe it anyway. We'll be like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then it so uh, then it begins it begins to get tough in conversing with people when it's like. All of the facts behind it, because it's in the intelligence community. You don't, you honestly don't know all the facts that are behind it, because they're just not out there. Yeah. And so they go, you know, the insurrection was created by the FBI, and you're like, that's not true. You're an idiot. And like I said, don't always, don't ever start a conversation off like that. But then they'll start to show you. Well, look at this. Look at this picture, and you're like, well, I think that picture was faked. You go online. You maybe do a reverse image, and you're like, no, that was, that's an actual image, and that's exactly who that guy is, and that can get you down into a rabbit hole. And you go, well, you lied to me 700 times. When is the, the point where I'm just going to stop believing you? Uh, and that's why I always tell people, question everything. If you the sky is blue, tell them, uh, I don't believe it. I'm going to go see you go up and you're like okay now now i believe it verify everything to the end not so much that it ruins your life because now you're scared to do anything and you just hole up because you know chemtrails are are trying to control your brain brain. (laughs) but then
0: i I will say this have you by any chance i recently watched this uh have you by any chance watched the netflix show inside job
1: no if you haven't i have not
0: i feel like you would probably love it i it it was advised to me the other day it's a 10 episode like one season so far cartoon and it is the deep state and all of their conspiracy theories about like all the all the things like the queen the queen is in it for a small bit of time she's a lizard (laughs) which i have been saying for the last 30 years that the queen's a lizard i've not even been alive that long but i've been saying it before i even came out the womb lizard lady and things like that and like my my favorite joke honestly was that like she said like at one point one of the characters goes what have you brought and he's like i brought this and she pulls out jet fuel like a can of it and she goes with don't be a fucking idiot brett like you know this won't burn anything and just throws it kind of thing at him and i saw that and i was like that might be the best 9-11 joke i've ever actually seen in like a tv show (laughs) i was like i was like wasn't great that i was watching it and it's like september 13th and i'm like Probably not the best time to watch a nine eleven joke, but I was like at the same time, favorite one by far. I was like that that hit in a different way.
1: And there, you know, the I mean nine eleven. We still have hundreds of conspiracy theories. I I I I,
0: I always say I don't think it matters who fucking did it. End of the day, now does it? I'm like it happened, and lots of people died. It doesn't matter whether it was terrorists or your own government at this point. Just I'd say let's all focus on the fact that there's a lot of dead people in the ground and. It was a fucking and, tragedy.
1: And you know, I think that's part of when I say to question everything is you should be questioning your government. You know, they're not the most honest and yeah, and forthcoming people. Um, so when you when you see the conspiracy, 9/11 was an inside job. The Bush administration destroyed, and, and you can look facts and logic and say no because this is what happened, and I can show you video evidence of, of this and and show you how this worked. Um, but at the end of the day, like he said, you know, people died. If it was the U.S. government that did it, they should be called out on. And if you can have, if you have 100% proof that it happened, they should all be held accountable for that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, people, families lost loved ones. It's it's not even that the person died. Um, that that's a very tragic thing to begin with. But it's families lost someone that they loved for no other reason at the world trade center or they worked in the pentagon and that was why they were targeted not because they did not because they were a pedophile not because they did atrocious things to human beings but just because they sat at a cubicle on the, at the world trade center on September 11th at about and people put through flew a plane into it and, it, and it's heartbreaking it's yeah. been 21 years and it's still tough to even think about
0: i was i was talking to someone about it um i've spoken to quite a few americans about it obviously with with it recently being the like 21st anniversary of it and mm-hmm. i i said to them it's like um one in the uk i think we we, we make a lot more 911 jokes than you guys probably do um, Probably, it, I would. It, yeah, that's a it fair did, assumption. It didn't. It didn't happen to us, so it's something we we found the ability to joke about a bit more. But then, like, I think I accidentally, uh, if you remember, the uh, an Ariana Grande concert got um, bombed in in England, and I made a joke about it on like my second day at university, which was twenty sixteen, I think twenty seventeen, when I was at uni. Uh so it was quite a recent event like in the last year and uh one of the kids in one of the girls in my class was at that concert and was one of the like and oh. was was present when it happened and fucking was scurried out and she was like it was we became like best friends and she just kept telling me it was terrifying and I'm like yeah I'm like shame you didn't get you though innit like I was <laughs> and like that's just how our friendship developed so we we again we always handle things with a lot more a lot more humor but I was talking to them and I said I find it weird how how it really hits home that it happened in new york still and it's like you guys really live on with it like after all this time and it's like you still know 9-11 happened like that that was a fucking thing it doesn't matter yeah like 9-11 was a thing and we 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 remember it and whatnot and i'm like seven seven bombings were a thing after 9-11 if i remember correctly i'm like you do not remember shit of it i'm like i can't even tell you what two tube lines were hit because i'm like it's yeah I'm like, and you, I'm like, we yeah, we got fifteen different underground trains, but only two of them have ever been blown up, and I still could not tell you whether it was the like, you know, the Elizabethan line or the Victoria line kind of thing. Like to me, it's all it was all just underground got blown up and a bus I, got blown up. And...
1: I think some of that is based off of what happened. Um, you know, it's like a, if if it was a bombing, I think there's so many bombings that occur in yeah. all kind in very various different countries, but to have so what happens there is oh I am removed from that. You know, I didn't build the bomb. It's I'm not in New York. I wasn't the one that placed it. I wasn't the one working there. But when you take on a commercial airline and it's like, Well, oh, I, I I fly at least once a year, right? You know, it could have happened. That could have been me, because those those flights came out of Boston. And it's like I'm not even associated and just because I got on this flight, the, this is what happened. Um, but I do also think that we need to – in order to bring levity to a terrible situation, it needs comedy. Um, it, it's part yeah. of why I, I push back on a lot of people trying to censor comics. And I did this – I've seen it – so I was, I was raised in a very religious, very uh, conservative religious family. And in that family, back you know 80s, 90s time frame. It was very much uh, can- it was it was cancel culture of that time, and it was like you can't you you can't use curse words, you know. Seeing a boob was was pornography, and you you know there was the this scare of the 80s that everybody was in the occult. So we you know Christians were trying to these conservative Christians were trying to cancel everything that they didn't agree with, and and when I talk about the pendulum switch, uh, shifting it's doing it again because now it is sort of this, um, just like far, it's not even progressive. It's just sort of this, this Delicate. far thinking <laughs> that, yeah. So it's, it, it's basically a religion of if you, cause you've got your own dog. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, I need you to shut up. So as, as a comedian, if you say something that, as a joke, yeah, it's definitely a homophobic joke. It's definitely a transphobic joke. It's, it's funny because, first, this is how some people think, and we're trying to bring light. We're trying to bring that to light. Hey, you're going to meet people that think like this. Here's sort of something funny about that. Um, and, and so in order to – if you cancel that, if you stop that person from saying that, and you only let them say it to that type of person on the other side that agrees with them, you you now have two warring factions of opposing people. And I kind of think bring those two factions together, um, you can make – if a political joke is done correctly, like a Ricky Gervais who does fantastic commentary on, on human society, it can be funny. And it you – now if a joke is done where it's – on a group of people just because you hate that person, then I don't even say, yeah, cancel that, comedian. Just, just don't go to the show. You know, we don't have to listen to anything. We can kind of stop. We don't have to watch that Netflix special. I don't care what your friends told you.
0: See, it's like, uh, I want to say the comedian Andrew Schultz.
1: Yep, I've, yeah. He's...
0: I've, I've recently come across him thanks to YouTube Shorts, and yep. I think he is fucking hilarious i think he's just brilliant and funny but it's like nearly every video i've seen of him when he's being funny he's probably being what most people would have to consider racist hyper offense and like i sit there and i watch that and i i always think i'm like how the fuck is people like how the fuck are people okay with this yet you want to cancel everyone else who says something like that on twitter as a joke yeah, it's Andrew, like you got Andrew James Gunn has... sacked away for, for for fucking like a couple pedophile jokes or something. It was like he lost his job, but Andrew Schultz is fine to to make Mexican yeah. jokes.
1: <laughs> and I know that he has done um, he has done some controversial jokes that look homophobic and transphobic. And then he, I think he, he went on and he kind of defended the the trans people who were cr- who were trying to cancel him or trying to get him to, to stop making those jokes. And he kind of pushed back on, on what Rogan was saying as as far as, oh, well, they're just militant and they just hate you. And so you have a joke that you can consider transphobic and maybe it is, uh, it is transphobic and it it shouldn't be said, but that's not like he actually is defending your lifestyle. Um, And so it's better to just like, you've got to kind of differentiate the artist and the art. He's, he's making a commentary on society. He makes a very funny joke. Um, I know one that I saw that I found hilarious, and it could have co- could have come away as very sexist, but he was saying, he was like, you don't, the audience member had told him that men and women cannot agree on anything. And he said, we can't agree on anything? And they're like, no. And he said, well, I just came back from one of these feminist marches, and we agree on everything. And he's like, you guys say we want to show our breast. Yes, do it. We want to have. What we want. Yes, I agree. We want abortion. Yes, and if I get too pregnant, I'm going to support that for you. And he's kind of making a joke of this, of like, because there, there was another joke where like feminism is actually just <coughs> men who have created these things because it's what they want, you know, to be this free love and kind of stuff. And he's kind of making a commentary on that, on that social comment of. We can agree, but the problem is we have – we get inundated with politicians and the media who they they kind of say what they want us to do is be. And if we are at odds with each other, that's how they make money. So you'll see a headline that's kind of like, oh, this – But once you oh. click on it and you actually read the joke and you go, well, I can kind of see his point. It wasn't really transphobic. 70% of people won't click that headline. They'll see Andrew Schultz makes the transphobe. Get him out of here.
0: See, I, I've i always said that, like, I'm, I'm an equal opportunist for all. I'm like, I want everyone to have the same opportunities. I was like, but if you want the same opportunity, I'm like, opportunity says i can bully you as much as you can bully me i'm like which means if you want to if you want to pick on me for how i look how i talk how i act be my guest but understand i'm like i believe that it's fair for me to do the same to you and it's like i've said it to so many of my friends who like go with don't you think you're a bit rude and i'm like you can talk to me just as fucking like bluntly as i talk to you i'm like i don't want to sugarcoat shit around you except it'll fuck off you know
1: And and so that goes into what I said. You can turn YouTube off. You don't have to watch these things. You also don't have to sit in a room with me and and talk to me. And and if you hate it that much, you can say, I don't like this. I don't like what you're saying. Now, me as a person, if you say, hey, I don't agree with what you're saying and I don't like it, um, I'll probably go, what is it that you don't like about that? Can we have that conversation? As we get further into the conversation, I can go okay, I, I got it. Let's move off of that topic and do <coughs> something different. But if you're also going to say, I don't like what you're talking about and I'm getting myself out of this conversation, I find respect in that. I, I can respect you. I can say, okay, you you understand who you are and what you can deal with, and you have enough sense to know when to cut ties with somebody and to get out of a situation. And, and that's a part of our human evolution that we, that you was know, early evolution of, i'm in an awkward situation i don't know why i'm in this awkward situation but i need to get out and it was life or death for our ancestors now yeah it's not life or death but we still have that mindset of i need to get out of this uh of this awkward situation and kind of cut ties with this person and you should do that
0: see i i always say like i i like to kind of push at people who who have those delicacies like i'm because I, I find it really weird, like, because I'm a big hater of the whole participation medal thing. Like, I really mm-hmm. fucking hate patting people on the back. Like, I've said to my partner, I'm like, we're going to have kids. I'm like, my kid makes a fuck up. I'm like, I don't want to sit there and be like, it's okay. I want to sit there and be like, no, you fucked up, but it's okay. We can fix a fuck up, but you have fucked up. Like, don't fuck up again, kind of thing. I'm like, I don't want them to think it's okay to, to suck. It's like my older brother said one thing to me once in my life and I've held it ever since he went second place it's the first loser and it's like first the dumbest loser. word that uh, like the dumbest thing I've ever heard but I was like well he's right to come in second is just to lose first like <laughs> and I was like I've kind of yes. carried that I'm like he's fucking right it's a good way of looking at it I was like I want to be the best I don't want to be top 3 I want to be number fucking 1
1: <clears throat> and and I would say if you found if you find a kid if you find a human that's never failed in life, you have found somebody who's never done anything with their life.
2: Say, it's, I... it's
1: sort of this like the, I'm working on this sort of uh, speaking engagement, and it's, it's titled, you know, failure is the option. Because in the military, we have failure is not an option. You fail, people die. But outside of that, failure is the only option sometimes. And without failure, you don't learn. You know, the the things that I remember most in my life are failures that I've had, and that is how I've succeeded somewhat in my life. I go, don't do that again, or, you know, in school, and you go, well, why did I miss that? And now I know that math problem, you know, for 20 years. Yeah. And I go, but I got it wrong then, but I know it for the rest of my life.
0: See, <clears throat> I I will say though, with when it comes to it, I actually did I offended some people at like my my best friend's wedding a couple of years back, okay. and I I did something really simple, and this is this is kind of like I think it pushed me more towards the I'm willing to be super offensive now. I'm like I can't I can't fucking talk to people like you otherwise, and it was that um these two girls had approached the bar and I was behind the bar at his wedding like pouring a drink or something for someone else and they came up and i was like all right my dudes i was like what do you want one girl said oh just just a white wine there you go and the other girl went did you call me dude she was like do we look like lads and i made the joke at her going with so it's 20 i was like it's 2020 i was like i can't assume gender anymore don't be ridiculous and then i was like dude's gender neutral as far as i'm concerned and like this woman jumped down my throat Every time she finished talking, like, from making a point, I'm smiling at her because I find it funny being, like, berated by someone for, for, for calling them dudes at, like, three in the morning on a Sunday because, you know, how fucking dare I in a drunken state go, all right my dudes. And, like, I say it to everyone anyway. It's how I speak to all my friends. I'm like, dudes. so
1: Yeah, and that's, that's sort of, like, the changing of language. Um, and I will use it all the time when I'm typing things out. And it doesn't matter the, the I'll you know I've, I've used dudes a lot for, for everything but I use you guys you know yeah. guy is supposed to be a, a male and I go you guys and it's a group of, of females and it's like hey hey you guys can you come over here <clears> it's like that's <throat> just the, the terminology that yeah. I use and and I go well we're hey the guys no longer to me is a guy a man a, a male. <laughs> yeah if, if i'm gonna go hey those two men over there okay but if we're in a, a cat and listen it you can have a casual setting where we don't have to have those conversations
0: see I, language and yeah stuff. i i always find it. i had someone as well one of my jobs i i think i got in the i picked up some work colleagues i wasn't actually working that day i bumped into them so i, I gave them a lift and i was like where are you guys going and like, I didn't realize they had a new person with them who was a trans woman, like early doors, trans woman. So the fact I kept saying, "our oh, guys, "our oh, dudes and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, "Ah!" Oh, and then like the next day they were like, I think you might have like, you know, kind of upset, upset her. And I was like, well, one, no one told me. But I was like, but two, yeah. I was like, what, what words did I use to offend people? offend her and they were like well you kept saying guys dudes and all that and i looked at them and i went i didn't call her a tranny fucker or anything did i I'm like, i didn't say anything offensive yeah. i'm like i didn't look at her and say did you know what you're doing an affront to the lord i'm like i, I was like i said do you guys want to lift get in the car come on dudes let's go kind of thing and like how you guys being like i was like if she got offended by that i'm like i'm sorry i was like i'm sorry that she's being offended by it i'm not i'm not sorry for saying it <laughs> i was like you know yeah and-
1: and a lot of this – I think a lot of this happens because you have the other side of it that will not budge at all. So you have you know, a trans person that says, hey, everything societally, I look I look like a man, but I am transitioning as a woman, and I'm a woman. I want you to call me a woman. This is my name. These are my, my pronouns. And there's a certain group that will be like, I'm not, I'm not calling you that. I'm not going to do it. And you're just an asshole. If somebody tells you – if I tell you, hey, my name – and you go, well, that's kind of stupid. I'm not going to call you that. And you go, well, that's – I mean, that's my name. Uh, it might not be formally changed, but that's that's what I want to be called. I think the human thing to do is say, okay, all right, so I'll try to remember that. But you also have to give humans um, <coughs> some grace and some, some leeway in things. You know, I – I know of trans people that my entire life I knew of them as, you know, a female. And now they're transitioning to be a male. And I miss up sometimes, call them by the name that I've known them. Get it? Guess what? 20 years doesn't change overnight. So if you give people some grace instead of jumping down their throat and saying, you just, you know, deadnamed me or misgendered me, instead of saying, after a conversation going uh yeah you were you were saying you were calling me from my former name uh i i know you kind of messed up it's kind of been a long time can you can you please try to put my name that i'm going by now it's going to take time but on what i always say is on both sides don't be an asshole you don't just jump down somebody's throat.
0: Yeah. See, I've I've always said with, with mine, I'm like, you ask me, I'm more than happy to do it. You tell me, I'll never do it. I'm like, but here's the fun yeah. fact. I'm like, if that offends you, I'm like, how do you think my parents feel? Because they told me to do a thousand things and I told them to go fuck themselves. I'm like, you know, yeah. if you think you're the first person who's been told by me, ask and sure, but tell and fuck off. Like, my parents had to deal with it for 18, 19 years first. I'm like, you ain't, you ain't the first in this line.
1: And that's that's a lot of the pushback that that happens, right? Is you know you ask somebody and say, "Can you please do this?" They'll go, "Yeah, no, no, no issue, no problem." But when you tell them you have to, yeah, and if you don't, then you know whatever thing that we can come up with is going to happen to you. That's when the pushback starts, and so you get these people that just go. Well, no, you're going to tell me to do it. I'm not going to do it. See,
0: this is this is why I always think conspiracies are probably some of the craziest things. Because I'm like, you can't convince people to call you by a preferred fucking gender-like pronoun. I'm like, And you want to believe that we can convince 10,000 people to keep like, 9-11 as an inside job a secret.
2: Yeah, I'm like, so under that, the words, yeah, I'm that's another point you, of that. This is
0: the order. And it's like, in the nicest way, I'm like, if I worked there and someone went, I'm telling you. I'd be like, right, but in five years, I'm writing a book. <laughs>
1: Yeah and it's a and
0: like
1: <laughs> government secrets on on a much lower level have come out cuz people have written books for yeah. Well it's like you know, that like, made
0: in is it made in America the Tom Cruise film it's like the guy who essentially yeah. started Escobar and the the whole like Colombian cocaine cartel and it was one yep. of them where it's like see that guy couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut for 20 years he was recording videotapes 6 weeks after it all went tits up
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean we've got um, we had Nixon, who was impeached, who was kicked out, right, what and he and he had really? <laughs> he had the whole Watergate incident, and they couldn't keep their mouths shut, and that happened, and that's like keeping a man in Nixon as president of the United States, which is supposed to be the most powerful position, and you're going to tell me that that you know this was an inside job and it's not come out and it won't come out because they're too secretive no fucking way someone's going to talk
0: yeah see humans are too too willing to go against everything they're told to be able to uh
1: we also want to gain clout right you want to be the guy that that does it that says i released it
0: see i i i would like to kind of like my, my my more preferred one is i don't want to be the guy that releases it i kind of want to be like julian assange i want to be the platform everyone uses but never be the guy breaking the law to release it i know eventually i'll have to hide in like the like in an embassy until until i eventually get kicked out for being an asshole but yeah <laughs> that's for that's for well, like I mean, five uh... years down the line
1: Right. Snowden released a bunch of damaging information about the NSA, one of the most powerful agencies in the intelligence community. They couldn't stop him. Yeah. And he is still alive right now. So you're going to tell me that there's not one person that knows any of these conspiracy theories that just goes, I'm going on record and I'm going to Russia and I'm going to be safe.
0: I was going to say, like, surely the first thing you do, you. If you worked... I'm surprised that when you work for things like the army that you don't get essentially blacklisted from travelling to certain countries. Because, like, the fact that you have all this intel and that they just let you freely still travel, it's like, in the nicest way, it's like, if you had, like, like, top-secret clearance, I'm not letting you fucking go to any of the countries that want to kill us. Because it's not even just that you have clearance and you might betray me. But if they figure out who you are... (laughs) that could be you anyway.
1: So within the intelligence community, if any uh, not even just in the intelligence community, but everyone with a clearance in the United States, it should They're not fully required government where you're going and, and when you'll be back, but if you're working, if you're in the military and you have a clearance and you're going to go to uh, you know, Russia pre-Ukraine, you're going to go into Russia and I've done it. I've I've been to Russia. I love I've been to St. Petersburg. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, and I love the people there and everything. Um, and I was doing intel work. You you have to go through a, um, a an individual, and you give them all of the locations you're going to be, and why you're going, and then you get a briefing on how to keep yourself and and national security secrets safe, and what to say, what not to say. We have operational security. We call it opsec. Um, you go through this entire briefing of who's out to get information from you. Um, the part of the briefing is like for guys, if there is a beautiful woman that is 10 times outside your league and, and <laughs> she comes up to you and is, and thinks you're, yeah, it's a honey pot <laughs> and it happens.
0: Do you like dude, do you, do you, do you, do dudes actually like, does, does that work very often then? Or is like the honey pot, like a one in 10 chance of working?
1: It's a nine out of ten chance of working.
0: Oh, damn. Because
1: we're, we're men. What's the only <laughs> thing that a man wants? I mean, I, mean, I don't – <clears throat> and I am convinced that no one thinks they are as ugly as they really are. And I know this by my, in myself, thinking as attractive as I was as a kid and then seeing pictures of myself now from back yeah. then. And I go, how did I think that I could be attractive to anybody? At that point, and, and now you have supermodels coming up to you and just all over you and, and wanting I mean, to hear all of your stories. And they're so infatuated with who you are as a person. And ev- you know, I've I seen mean, so could many not guys. It just be
0: because she looks at you going with, he, he got big dick energy, you know?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I would say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say one of the more successful ways to do it, I'm not trying to give people. Uh, information on how to do this but you know we as Americans we think that we are somehow these saviors of other um, lesser fortunate people or communities so the, the way you want to go about it and the way a lot of people go about it is go oh of that and they're like oh can you be can you be my knight here you're American you've got all this money um, I want you to save me from this oppressive regime that's in our country and so let's you know let's date and you can start giving me money and now I've got all this money because this is why going oh yeah I've got this meeting with whatever diplomat back to the embassy in Moscow and they know exactly who's coming the going about of agents and diplomats and things of that nature way to do it
0: jesus well i guess that at least makes james bond a little bit more accurate in the sense of i guess a a (laughs) guy with secrets who's who's got the accent not from around the area would just be sleeping with all the supermodel looking women
1: yeah even when they yeah
0: that's a six
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i mean that's that's the whole thing that's how i i don't justify it but we're just i mean they're men and I that's mean, why it works for men if, more if, than if, it if works for women
0: extract information from people i'd rather you found women willing to uh, honeypot a man than uh, electric shock on their nuts or anything like that like yeah let's be real as a man i'd rather give you my secrets because of a blowjob <laughs> than give you my secrets because you shot my cock off it just doesn't sound pleasant
1: <laughs> yeah only one of those is pleasant yeah um
0: Out of curiosity, then, in in the position that you had, do you have to go through training for, like, that kind of torture situation, or, like, are you... Um,
1: Yeah, so there there are different types of of training, and I've been through a lot of these. Um, We have what's called SEER, which is um, survive, evade, resist, and escape. Um, And that's sort of the main... So it's that the survive is, like, the early portions. Let's say you are... Um, you're a pilot, you get hit, you eject, you're in now enemy territory. Your first thing, the first two things you want to do is survive and evade. Survive is always the, the most important thing, right? Because if you're dead, you're no use to anybody, um, including your family. So you, you go through that survival. Then evasion, because the enemy's coming after you. So you you've have you've been to be shot evade. you down or anything, it's yeah. pretty easy
0: to find you.
1: Yes. Yeah. And we go through all kinds of stuff. But then. The the other two are for when you're captured, Um, and you will you know times you will get captured, and so you have to you have to resist, but on the in the back of your mind you always want to try to escape. Because there will come a point where you can no longer resist, and you will start giving things up. You know the the putting probes on your ball sack and just getting electrocuted. That's not a good thing, and you probably you shouldn't say in that yeah so that that resistance training they they do they don't do you know electric shock therapy but they will put you through everything you know they do i
0: assume still do like the the waterboarding kind of thing with the
1: flannel or is that no longer so that is done more of like a joke now um (laughs) they'll they'll put you through waterboarding which yeah it's it's a terrible you know any torture is terrible the least forms of torture that any agency has figured out. Um, and it doesn't even really – you don't get much information out of those. The fact that humans will tell you anything whenever you're torturing them, humans are going to tell you what you want to hear when you're, when you're being tortured. Um, so when somebody says, hey, who is the leader of this organization, and you're getting tortured – and they kind of flip and say, we know you know, this person is the leader of the organization. Just tell us. There's a point where you'll go, yes, okay, that's the leader of the organization. This is where they are right now, just to stop it, even if it stops it for a moment. Yeah. You'll do that just to stop it, even if it's not true. It's and so I... that's part of – so the, the, the resistance training kind of introduces you to all of those types of torture and so so that you have that in your mind of okay i can resist i did this before and and i know i can do it now and it also gives the instructors the ability to say well this guy should not be in any any point where they need to resist because as soon as we picked that person up they were telling us everything so you you might want to find a new job Um, and then that's why the escape portion is so important Because it's going to get to the point where you can't resist anymore, and now you got to escape. You have got to get out of there.
0: See that that this is why I've never joined any military, though. I, I don't <laughs> think I'd want to take the risk. I'd, I, I don't want to say I'd send this country up the up the canal without a paddle, but um, it it can meet the creek uh meet the creek without a paddle if my life's on the line. I'm sure I don't think I'd want to hold out for very long. <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I... I've heard of like the, the the sleep. I was, I think, I heard that sleep deprivation is apparently the most effective way, anyway, to, to torture the information out of people these days. Apparently, it's like three days, and they just crack. And I'm like, that's that's scary, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so that is, even that, has been put in as, what do they call it? Um, it's not torture. It's an enhanced interrogation technique. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and so. We had to. I, I know for sure in Iraq because I worked with those guys. We could no longer do any um, advanced in, um, interrogation techniques. What we were doing before was, you know, during the day, they you would have free reign as a detainee. And I, I'm saying again, these are human lives we're talking about. I'm not trying to be glib or trying to gloss over that they are humans that we're doing this to, and it's atrocious. Yeah. Um, regardless of whatever they did. But during the day, they're able to, to go do whatever they want. But if you've ever been in the Middle East in 115-degree weather, it's not very easy to sleep during the day. And then at night uh, is when we will do our interrogations, or we did beforehand. And what we did there was starting at, like, 11 p.m. until 7 or 8 a.m., we start in, in having conversations with these detainees and interrogating them and trying to get information from them well that's the time they're supposed to be sleeping and so we wake them up after like 30 minutes of sleep get up over here um and let's start talking and would you have two things happen there one they're sort of still delirious from having just started sleeping that they don't know where they are what they're doing and then also they've had that sleep deprivation so, they're kind of confused on what's going on at that point. And you can kind of get information out of that. And with the, the interrogators kind of got pushed back, um, you know, because like Abu Ghraib happened, where they were the actual torture and pictures of like bodies being piled up, uh, which was this, this disgraceful, disrespectful, all those kind of things. So, the interrogators kind of got pushed back saying, hey, you can no longer do this at night that deprives them of sleep. And early on, they kind of pushed back and said, well, they can sleep during the day. So this is when we need to do this. They'll sleep during the day. And it's kind of this legal battle. They said, well, you really can't do that because there's no, there's no way they can sleep during the day. So you need them to sleep at night. And, and that's at that point, we, we went from a 24-hour operation to much less. We went to like eight hours because we were having to do it during the day.
0: <clears throat> out of curiosity though so with things like that does that like when when you find like people saying look you can't you can't keep them up it's uh, it's it's cruel and it's unfair like do you do you kind of like does part of you when when being told like that for the first time almost would that make you kind of go like well yeah but how the fuck else do you want me to do it or because like I, I, it's one of those where it's like, I find war is one of the most interesting things that we've all gone with. All right, we agree. We can't do this to each other. We can't do this. And it's like, the fuck is this? What, no kicking, no screaming and don't kick me in the nuts or the face I've got a date tomorrow morning. It's like, it's meant to be a fight. At some point, like, you you feel like you kind of have to go with, yeah, but I need I need to win a war and there's information he has and it requires... Oh, de-
1: definitely the culting. first moment, it's, it's that well you can't do that because that's inhumane and you go well this is war and war is not humane
0: yeah but the, the whole thing kind of think of the humanity and you're kind of there like this is the one time where it's not really about the humanity of what we're doing it's yeah
1: and it's so and there's kind of this misconception when we get into wars that it's the military that has kind of said we're gonna go do this and we're gonna go out and and start this war do something like that and it's, Typically, it's somebody who's never been to war that wants to start a war, and it's it's the we in the U.S. at least, generals get looked at as like these are warmongers. They just want to have conflict all over the world, so they still have their job, when for the most part, when you talk to, to generals, they go, I don't want to do this, don't want to go there. Um, it's usually the person that uh, if they were ever in the military, it was like for four years, and they didn't do anything, and they're going – we need to go to war. We need to kill these people because they don't understand. They don't grasp the enormity, the the kind of the situation of such pain and death. And not even like a human life is is dead. But the people who survive that war are mentally changed forever. Yeah, this is it's something that I've noticed looking back on my career and who I was as a person back then, now that I've gotten out of it um, and and I'm doing, I'm in, you know, the private world that it's kind of like, I don't like that person that I was. I also understand
0: that's, that's wartime me.
1: almost. That's war me. Yeah. And it, it affected everything. It affected my family. You know, luckily I have a wonderful wife. Who uh, didn't leave me when she should have on multiple occasions when I just had mental breakdowns on the things that I had to do. Um, And and now that I'm out of it, I'm like, I wish I had more mental health, um, like help with my mental health. I wish there were more professionals around that that would talk about this kind of thing. But I, I did this on my own and look back now and go, well, there are necessary, okay, there are necessary evils. And I can sit here and say that some of the stuff that I did was very evil to a certain population. Now, the, the population that I was doing, the, the kind of people that I was doing that to were evil towards myself and my brothers-in-arms. And so it's kind of justified there in your mind.
2: Yeah.
1: But, but when I look at it and I look back on it, I go, we're all just human beings, man. Like, why?
0: Why who, do I have to I do not
1: <laughs> Yeah. Why? Who comes up with this? like because we don't have the same belief system or i have to kill you because i think you're on land that i did it shouldn't be that way
0: yeah see i I can imagine like the toll it must take having to do anything related towards being just aggressive towards your fellow man that like though they might be shooting at you, it's kind of similar to like the whole thing of like um, the guy who spared Hitler's life in the First World War and things like that, where it's like you see a man and it's like doesn't matter if he's on the same or opposite side, you, you know that that's same kind of thing as you. It's a bloke. He's got
2: yeah.
0: brain in his skull. He's got heart <laughs> in his chest. Two lungs. You like two legs. Everything's the same. He might speak a different language or have a different tan than you, but past that.
1: And, Still and you probably shit. enjoy some of the same things.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, do you guys ever learn about the, um, like, Christmas Day football match that occurred during the Second World War?
1: So, I, I don't know Second if I first. know the, the Christmas Day football match, but there I know of the story of, like, sort of the Christmas Day truth that happened, where, um, there were, like, these, there were some forces that were within, that were in a house with a woman and she made bread and then like Germans came in and ate with a uh, British and U S yeah. uh, soldiers and stuff like that.
0: So, yeah. So like, it's a, it's a really common thing that we're taught in our history lessons in England is like quite often it's mentioned that during, during the whole tr- truce on Christmas day, British, British troops and German troops in the middle of no man's land played like, and there's like footage of this, if I remember correctly. And it's like, they played football like soccer like they played football together and they, right. they they shared cigarettes and like they shared like their sweet treats from home and talked to them about like you know their their lives and things like that and you're like tomorrow morning you're gonna put a bullet through that man's head without a single hesitation you're like and you've proven to yourself today they aren't that bad are they it's like they might be nazis but blatantly these aren't bad people in your in the in the grand scheme of things because you've you've managed to sit down for the entire day and act like nothing happened.
1: Yeah, and there's this thing in war where you have got you have to the only way you can like kill the person in front of you is if you've dehumanized that person. Yeah. And we just come up with like all these gross terminologies for people. Because if you just called that person, you know, Alex or muhammad or jim there's no way you're gonna be like i want to kill this person it's
0: kind of like the whole you shouldn't name your pet chickens if your intention is to kill the chickens because yes. you're gonna yes. become attached to the chicken now with a name like yeah yeah again war war is one of those psychologically i don't think i could ever have handled being in a co- like part of me has always wanted to kind of be like i'd love it because i'm like i like guns i think they're really cool and i'm like i I enjoy a bit of shooting i'd love to be a sniper or something but i'm like it's when i have to look down that scope and go yeah no that's his brain against the wall and oh found his eye 23 feet to the left boys i did it i'm I'm like yeah i don't think i'm not even
1: i'm not even somebody who has seen all of the the hells of war that Some like i don't understand how someone can be a sniper and have all these kills and then come back to the U.S. and we think, oh, they're just, He's you know, you are first of all, you're a hero <clears throat> and nothing's wrong with you. And we're just going to, first of all, we're going to glorify you and then we're just going to go let you yeah. be who you are.
0: See, I, I always say, really, that's where we should be putting the murderers. I'm like, they should be like the guys that you're putting on the front lines. You're like, who do you want in a war? I'm like, I want the most bloodthirsty motherfucker that exists who's actually interested in hurting people. I'm like, I don't want the guy who's going to get psychologically scarred Because he's killed 36 people. When i got a guy in a prison who's killed 36 people and he keeps saying he wants to kill more. I'm like, let's put a fucking muzzle on the twat and send him out.
1: And that starts day one at basic training, at least in the army. And and it's been years. I finished basic training in 2001, 2002. And so that's, what, 20 years to go. It's probably changed a little bit. But we had the, you know, we had chance. They would, the the drill sergeant would say, "What makes the green grass grow? Do you know what makes the green grass grow? Blood, blood, blood makes the green grass grow." And and so it's like hearing that now, like did yeah. how did I ever say that? That's
0: see that it's is... like <clears throat> the songs that you guys sing when you're going through all your army training and your marches and whatnot. Yeah. I heard. I heard one where it's like the guy the guy is singing like about we're, we're going to go to war and like my mum's going to cry, your sister's going to cry, your dad's going to cry, like everyone's going to be sad because you're going to die. And I heard him yeah. like singing, like they're, them chanting that along as they're doing their march. And I'm like, if someone was singing at me, you're going to die <laughs> and everyone's yeah. going to be sad. I'm like, I'd be going, why the fuck am I here?
1: <laughs> and so it's from day one. And you have to have that mentality or you're yeah. not going to make it through and, and you cannot he, he, honestly as a human, unless you are what you're talking about, that person who's been in prison you know, like a Charles Manson yeah. who just wants I to think, kill people. I think
0: he would have been like, honestly, he, he's like the dream recruiter for the army, right? Yeah. He, he, created he should be the, the general <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, just you got all these people to do the most sadistic kind of things a normal human being should not be saying blood, blood, blood that's what makes the green grass grow yeah meaning all these people that i kill are gonna fertilize this entire land and it's gonna be so much better
0: i mean it's it's one of those in it it's like you look back and you think about how you like for you guys especially because you have a lot more war heroes than we kind of do in the sense of veterans like you guys that's kind of a
1: shady thing too i don't i don't know there are some people that have done great things yeah but to, to memorialize and and heroize yeah it's,
0: it's the fact that you look back people... and you're like are you, are you surprised that your granddad who was in like vietnam's a bit fucking mental it's like listen to the right. shit they sing at you from day one you don't come yeah. out of there the same man after that like let alone once you've actually seen the hor- the horrors of war
1: <laughs> and then just if you could go into the into these buildings and listen to the way that is communicated about the enemy and it's like who are these people? And it's just, that has to, that's yeah. just how it has to be. You, you cannot have to
0: just desensitize everything about it. You can't, it otherwise
1: you can't but then... say like, Oh, the Germans are great. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. Nazis are great. I'm not going <laughs> to
0: Nazis are people too. Well, it doesn't fucking matter right now, Jim. No. They're doing some real damage. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: mean... there was a, there's a scene in the uh, band of brothers where this guy from Oregon is, uh, they have these, nazi these german prisoners of war that are off to the side and he he figures out that one of these guys went to a rival high school in oregon and he got called back to germany to fight in the german oh, war
0: i think i've seen the clip of this i think i yeah, saw a clip and... of that where it's like the guy says like wait you enter there and he's like yeah he's like why are you on the german side and he's like the fatherland like called me to come home and yeah I do as a german does and you're like fucking hell <laughs>
1: And that guy, I don't – I believe to, till the day I die that that person will not be able to kill that other person. If, if he saw him one-on-one on the battlefield yeah. and they looked at each other, they'd probably go, oh, you know what? I think if we turn around and go our separate ways, we'd probably be the best Yeah. for right now.
0: Say it's just like – I, I quite enjoy making friends with people as well. I would hate the idea of, you know, capturing someone and having to think about the fact that it's like, yeah, but you ain't getting a free life or a normal life after this, buddy. There's two options. Yeah. You get out of here and you get shot or you get out of here and you go into a prison somewhere, maybe in my land, that's going to hold you accountable for what you've done. And I, I feel like I'd end up humanizing people too much. But then, you know, it's like, really tough i do have to say though like as part of the whole dehumanizing thing like obviously working in intelligence and there being so many leaks that did occur like uh was it was it during the iraq war there was that footage of like the um the, the helicopter gunners gunning down like eight people who were just like a family walking down the street i, I think it was iraq wasn't
1: yeah it? and it's yeah like... um
0: i was just thinking it's like looking at stuff like that is it not one of those where you think the dehumanization goes just a bit too far sometimes in that direction for some of them because it's like they i remember listening to the video and they're like laughing about it and it's like yeah i i get it in the sense of like i reckon i'd probably laugh if i gunned down eight people especially if i thought they were were terrorists but at the same time it's like it felt like it probably occurred too quickly in the sense of you've dehumanized everyone too much for them that yeah, and, the and
1: and I've, there's so many stories of this, and and I have to step off soon. Yeah, but um, we had, I mean, we had this saying while we were out there, and it's so, I mean, it's stupid, it's tragic, it's dehumanized, but we kind of said that like our uh, our forces were just, you know, what when they're picking up a detainee, it was usually like, hey, why'd you get him? And it it became the the joke that they would just say walking while Arab, you know i just saw a brown person walking around and it it was that's the dehumanization that can go on and so now you're affecting lives of people and families who well what did this person have to do with anything that's going on right now they just live in this country well well that's fucked up man like there are actual evil people in this world and if that person's not an evil person don't fuck with them yeah they should probably and... be
0: allowed to go home and enjoy their day
1: yeah
0: <sighs> see that's I, I, i'll give that that might be the perfect uh, perfect bit to end on is just like the the, the true so- the sadness of what what the dehumanizing has ha- has done to some yeah. people which i mean like you said it's 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 war i think we have to accept to an extent certain things just kind of will always be a part of of warring i think it's natural isn't it that we're gonna again to be able to even do the job you have to be able to dehumanize <laughs> just like yeah the other, and the others
1: and we are doing that now in politics it's yeah. like you have to dehumanize the other side and then you can say whatever you want about that person it's the only it's the only either... way i think
0: we can we can move on as people
1: <laughs> yeah i 100 percent agree with that um and we got to move past that. We have to know that you know there are some things that we do agree with on, and, yeah. and you can agree with people on, even if it's just one thing.
0: I mean, I I think uh, there was a comedian I quite liked. Uh, it, it was a young like black man, and he said that he went to like one of those clan clan meetings once, or something. Yeah, <clears throat> like he had a friend go or something, or something stupid like that. And he went, but they make the best fucking chicken ever, and he went. We might not agree on a lot of things, but we can both agree that good chicken's good chicken kind of thing. And I was like, see? (laughs) If a guy can tell you that he can agree with the guys who want to fucking lynch him, (laughs) I was like, I think we can all agree (laughs) that we we can get along on something somewhere. (laughs) But...
1: Yeah, it's one... (laughs) That, I think, is the perfect way to end end it. Just say, be a human. And if somebody disagrees with you, that doesn't make them a pedophile or a (laughs) racist. Or a Nazi, you know, which is Nazi.
0: my favorite one. I've I, I've I've received the Nazi comment before. It's my favorite one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, pure Nazi guys. Like, you know, it's
1: the easiest way to make someone else to make you feel like the other person has lost the the debate.
0: Yeah.
1: No matter what they say, you just say you're a Nazi, and there's it.
0: Yeah, can't can't win. What they you, you that? What are
1: you going to say? You're going to say I'm not a Nazi, and now you're justifying what they're saying by even even saying it, or you're going to say yes, I'm a Nazi, and. I in. oh man, there's a whole nother debate. It's a whole different
0: challenge admitting to something like that. Well, it has, honestly, mate, it's been awesome talking for as long as we have. Yeah. And it has been just so interesting. And I I hope that we get the chance to do something like this again at some point. And um, <clears throat> uh, is there anything just before, obviously, I end it that, that you want to just say to the people at home or want to want to make sure that you plug like your own podcast and everything else?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so first, once again, just be a human, be humans to other humans, uh, be gracious, allow for grace. Um, but, but also, Hey, I've, I've got a podcast called this week explained. We explain all the geopolitical events that have happened during the week at the end of the week. Um, and I kind of do that because I have this theory that, uh, with, especially with social media, you see a news item and you automatically form an opinion off of that. Um, and we all do it without doing any research or clicking on the, on the article. We'll, we'll formulate that. So what I do is instead of doing those instant reactions, I take everything as far as geopolitics. So we talk about rest of Ukraine, China, that kind of stuff a lot. And it's sort of an analysis of what went on and what, uh, what are the predictions of that happening? What's it going to do for the future of geopolitics? Um, and so, yeah, it can the news can kind of be delayed through that. But what I try, to, what I hope to offer, is a nuance and understanding of the news, not what your your. And I don't know if you guys have uh, have this like vitriol for BBC that we might have for like Fox News and CNN and those kind of things. Um, but this like for-profit news media, to me, is a terrible thing. See that's and... the
0: thing with the BBC. We're lucky; they're not a for-profit kind of thing. They are—they're paid for by by the people. Okay. So, so yeah, and they, we have... they they hold up a bit better, like for elections. That we're quite lucky. They they have to represent everyone because you know, for okay, it's paid for by us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, we have a we have this for-profit from yeah. all these cable news networks, and and they kind of just they know what it's not even their own beliefs. It's they know what people what their audience wants. And so they feed into that, and and then the people that don't want that kind of get fed into this this anger and vitriol towards it. And I'm trying to to not have that, and just offer up these big pieces of news that everybody should be talking about, but with a neutral opinion on it or no opinion at all. It's just facts, you know. And so that's that's the podcast. Um, I also have a private intelligence company, um, and right now we're doing intelligence reports for, the, for people trying to get out of Ukraine, um, and we've been doing that, not uh, uh, what we call pro bono or for free. We have free work that I do that I just send them intelligence reports, um, and I, I can offer intelligence reports for, for business travelers and things like that, but really the main one is trying to get the word out for This Week Explained. Um, we also do monthly interviews. We've done Mike Baker, uh, Gary Nessner, um, this past week or this past month I had uh, grand plaster so if you want to learn more on like government contracts and how companies get into government contracts we had a whole conversation on that but it's a lot of people within the intelligence community having these same conversations that we're having
0: that's that honestly that's awesome and I, I do advise to anyone who's listening go and listen to it I mean like I said I did actually listen to the one with you and mike Baker like I didn't finish it before uh, before this but I listened to it during part of my eye test and whatnot and i i was entertained i i I quite enjoyed it so i i would honestly say to anyone who gets the opportunity the links will be like attached to to this episode wherever wherever they appear on whatever platform they appear on so i'll have them in the description of the youtube channel and the descriptions of the episodes and whatnot so i will make sure they are linked everywhere and everyone just go watch them again it has been just dope talking to you and oh, it's, it's been a been,
1: pleasure man i've i've had a wonderful conversation it's, with you. it's
0: been so interesting mate to, to to just get kind of like